fan base for the other ones, but I, I hope I hope this one's for it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, I don't have much news, Chris. Do you know of anything you want to talk about? I do want to talk about something, but first, welcome to the Mushroom Movie Podcast, everybody. Um, Son of a monkey's poo poo <laughs> banana butt face fart cuckoo brain nutball. Oh, you're a jerking ass poo poo face fart nutball. You. Your shenanigans will not be tolerated without my. The <laughs> mm-hmm. monkey's uncle, Chris. How are you? Oh God! Whew. That was a better finale than I was anticipating. Honestly, it really shuts uh, down the uh, Messiah complex, though. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's anyway. very heavy-handed with it. It's not necessarily like. That it's a bad thing, but they just like full balls to the wall accepts that like right. it's there and we just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um they cared so little that they set up the sequel that is to come. Um they so... set up the sequel? Yeah, they did, didn't they? I don't think they did, but whatever. I mean they left the door open at least. That's one of the questions we gotta ask at the end of this, which is what do you think the next movie is gonna be? Yes. Um the exact same thing. Probably not. Uh, actually, me and Alex talked a little bit about this, I think, before uh, the first show about what we think is going to happen. Save and... it to the end. No, no, we will. But me and Alex have some ideas. So, Alex and I, and you don't know what I'm thinking anymore, man. Exactly. That was a while Time has passed. For so, now, I think there's going to be a so, giant so, so, monkey who talks, and his name's Gregory. So, okay. Nice. Chris, what do you want? All right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Well, dang, that sucks. Um, all right. Let's not. Uh, let's not talk about Kanye. <laughs> okay. um, that's right. Well, I mean, I thought he would have done that months ago, but like, I'm not voting for him. So I'm good to talk about it. Like, I don't believe he is probably the best person for the job. I would like someone who's had some time in politics. Wait, 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 was... wait. That's real? That's real. Yeah, no, yeah it's real. But, but yep. he's not even on the ballots for anything. He can't be on the ballot for anything. The, only, the closest he got to the ballot was a party that is legitimately a real independent party that is thusly named... Kanye D's nuts West. Here's the thing. Um, the question here is not, is Kanye West a candidate for either the two biggest parties for the race or either a big chance independent, like let's say Bernie Sanders. Uh, the question here is, is Kanye running for president? And yeah, he is. That like, does he have a chance? Is he going to get anywhere? Is this just a publicity t- stunt to sell shoes or something? I don't know. Anyway. Oh, man. Um, I, I don't. I don't I have don't anything. Let's about, just not talk about it. I don't want to talk about this anymore. So I'm going to say on air on this recording. I just don't think he's the right man for me, and I'm not going to vote for him openly. I like his music sometimes, a lot. You know what? I don't agree with this politics. Let's stop talking about news for a while. Actually, that seems like the best course of action.
All right, Chris, oh, what, you, what did you actually want to mention? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Zach. Nah, Chris, Chris, what did you actually want to mention that wasn't about Kanye West? I got nothing. That was it? Kanye West. Kanye West. I said, let's not talk about Kanye West. I said, yeah, let's not said, talk about Kanye West. <laughs> before that you had something you wanted to talk about, though. Did I? Yes. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is better than a solid swear. Chris, 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 Chris. No, Chris, no he means it. I Chris. Tenet. Tenet! No, it's nothing new. I mean, it's still it's still at the same spot that they pushed it back to. No, I know. I just wanted to get him off the. Uh... Should probably it's close true. my door so I don't wake up my mother. Tenant, Lieutenant. Um, uh, let's see. Big brain uh, move. Sh- Shia LaBeouf is in a new movie, and oh, he got a full, full. First of all, he's looked really good in it. It's made by the guy who did Training Day and End of Watch and all that stuff. It's another in harsh times. It's another, like, this guy's aggressive, but his partner's a good man. They're paired together in this, like, harsh world kind of a thing. And Shia LaBeouf got, like, a full full body tattoo pretty much mm-hmm. on his stomach. Real-life tattoo for it. He looks, he looks badass. I gotta be honest. He looks great in it. David Ayer, this is gonna be better than Bright. Back to, back to normal. Yeah, he made So... Bright. Some things we can talk about, actually. Oh, so, like, and there was a thing where Zack Snyder... Um, we're getting to that. No, 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 no. We're talking about it right now about how he he praised on the Suicide Squad and then David Ayer responded, which I laughed at. There's one which makes perfect sense for both of them. There's one thing I want to talk about before we get to that. What? Well, we already got to it. It's already done. Yes. Do you want to go back in time? Yes, we're gonna go back in time. We're gonna forget they said that. We're gonna get to it. Wish we could turn back time. Uh, so apparently, what Zack Snyder? Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about Zack Snyder some more. Uh, made zero compromises to get the Justice League cut. How did that have to be said before what he said? I don't know. Well, it was funny. Ego, ego. That's why. <laughs> big delusion. Yeah, it's a big delusion. Because uh, I was actually literally looking at news and I saw it and I was like, Chris, hold on! And then You mean you wanted it to be... Okay, never mind. We don't even need to say it. It's very apparent. Anyway, uh, so in both cases, I would say, um, of course, he's getting just whatever he wants, which, sure, why not? And uh, as for David Ayer, I'm not surprised that any director is looking at another director who worked with that company and being like, yeah, man, fight for your vision. Because most people, like, even if you don't like a lot of the things that David Ayer decide, with, decided with Zack Snyder, because the whole point is Zack Snyder helped initiate this whole universe. He helped pick the directors. He helped pick how the action looked, how everything went, um, and the style of it. So he was a fan of Ayer. He wanted Ayer in the mix. But Ayer's movie was eventually edited by other people until it was lastly edited by a trailer company. Like it was totally out of his hands. Whatever vision he had was just gone. And he stood by it because why not? I mean, you're a director, you want to work, who cares? They're going to make fun of it. Eventually the truth will come out. Why not? He, was, he played ball game like Josh Trainwell. And Zack Snyder's standing by that idea. And the, in talking about the Joker, I would say, it's fair to say we didn't get to see an idea, the full idea of what that Joker was supposed to be. Personally, I think I've seen enough to think that I don't like him, both visually and as a performance. 
but also he's not much of a character. You don't know his motivations. They're constantly moving around and shaking. So I can't, I can say, I don't know what he's doing in the same way that like, and less so in a way that like Lex Luthor is doing in Batman versus Superman. There's a big enough picture there. I can figure it out how stupid it is. This is just not his fault, but I have heard enough about his behind the scenes acting his behind the scenes antics about how he would play that character on set and everyone looks uncomfortable. Nobody's having a good time. And he looks, I'm sorry to say, from what I've seen, to be quite ridiculous. So I don't like that. And it's hard for me to believe that I would like much more of it. However, he didn't get the chance in the first place. So I can't say that I, I, it's either way. But like, I also don't like a lot of what Zack Snyder likes in that universe in the first place. So uh, at least Cyborg's going to get more of a shot. That seems fair to me. I I have hopes for the Snyder Cup, but I'm not expecting anything out of it. Why? No, no, you don't even have hopes for it. In terms of the whole just, thing, just go in with zero expectations, zero hopes, and just let it take you for a ride. Well, that's for better what, well, or for Chris, Chris. No, no, hold on, Chris. What do you mean, hold on? That's the only way to watch a Zack Snyder film. That's not true at all. That is I, exactly true. That is not true at all. I, I mean, went, no. Shut Zach up and let me talk. <laughs> I went in. I went into Watchmen with very high hopes and walked out reasonably satisfied because I'm a big fan of the comics and I saw I saw that comic come to life and that was something I never thought would come to life. Was the movie good? No, not at all. <laughs> and I have I have still to this day stood by that you need to watch the director's cut of that movie or don't watch it. Um. Uh, the director's cut sometimes you it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes it saves the product sometimes the problems are too big to ignore even when they make sense i don't like the bare bones ideas behind Zack snyder's visions however they are fully realized visions and you have to give them that josh whedon coming in and bringing in entirely different ideas whether they were hurt his or not clashed so hard that movie is a mess. Some yes. things work on one side, some things work on the other. But at the end of the day, it's not really a, a particular vision fully as a movie. It's just all over the place. To have him come in and put out a vision and say, this is what I wanted at the end of the day, fine. It's material for us to watch when people can't make things anymore. Like Barely anything is getting made, man. Things are, People are freaking out. So at the end of the day, considering what's going on with the world... I would enjoy some Zack, a Zack Snyder fully realized Justice League. I'm saying it right now. Put it out there for the world. People want to see it. People will see it. Sure, why not? At but the end of the, at the end of the, not like it. at the end of the day, am I expecting it to have the highest quality acting or anything? Hell, fucking no. It's Zack Snyder. He's <laughs> he's an awful director with actors, and he always has been. He never will be good. But I will say that Zack Snyder has a gorgeous. Gorgeous images that go on screen. That man does not know how to make a movie look bad. Everything you could take, you could take any shot in that movie, any shot. I don't care. You pause it at any point in that movie, you pause it. It looks gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Okay, that, so here I have all. Alex and I have always agreed that Zack Snyder would have been a better first AD than he would have been anything else. Agreed. I think he's a better visualist than he is. Uh, a the, uh, someone with strong... I, at the very least, I don't agree with his themes. I don't think the the ideas behind his visuals are necessarily something to agree with. 
as opposed to them being really good looking. I, I have some roommates that just got a movie. They rented it. It had a, a really interesting cast. It was made by James Franco. And they haven't, like, they haven't seen a lot of James Franco directed movies. Only one of them has seen one of them, and the other one hasn't seen any of them. But they were really interested. And they came upstairs, and they were like, we got zero bill. I remember watching a video on YouTube that was not for that movie. <laughs> But I was like, I didn't want to say that. I was like, you know, give it a chance. Like, I'm telling you right now, it's weird. So they started it, and I would walk out every now and then, and while they were watching it, they were like, it looked good. Interesting cinematography. Great shots. I fucking hate it. Thanks. I hate it. They hated it. Like, they they just, they, it was a chore to get through. So, yeah, something can look good, but it can be bad. And then some things are just about the visuals and the ideas behind them, and they can influence everyone, like Blade Runner or 2001 A Space Odyssey. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to superhero movies, it's usually, at the end of the day, the ones that last are about the characters. Like, I agree that Zack Snyder's action is beautiful, and I think that his films look amazing. And I would say that a really good performance would probably be Michael Shannon in Man of Steel. I'm a pro-Michael Shannon fan. I think he's pretty good in it. But at the end of the day, I don't watch those movies that often. No. Despite all the things I like about them, including the score. You know what I constantly go back to that's on TV all the time when I'm at work and have a TV in front of me and I want things on mute? The Marvel movies. Mm. So, I like, actually, I, you know, funny story about that. I uh, love those guys. To, to briefly go back into that, actually, I went to lunch with a friend today and... Lo and behold, on TV it was Thor: The Dark World, which is arguably the worst MC, one of the worst MCU movies. And I still was peering over it every so often. I was like, "Oh, this movie looks way better than I thought it was." I think time really makes things different. I think I don't think Thor: The Dark World necessarily looks that interesting in the most important moments of the film, except the ending. I think the ending looks great because it's playing basically Portal on screen, but it. It's the people, it's the characters. Like, I will constantly go back to Winter Soldier or the Avengers movies because I love these people. And granted, they don't look amazing, but at the end of the day, that's not what I care about with those movies. And they, they have to choose one or the other. Some films don't. Black Panther doesn't. Doctor Strange doesn't. In certain respects, Ant-Man was not supposed to. And they, and they can't constantly balance that line when they're getting directors and they get like a James Gunn and hopefully... Taika Waititi is going to do some more interesting stuff in his movie, visually, I mean. Uh, and I think he can. But uh, it's about the people. And I don't like these versions of the characters. The only one I will really give him a chance after seeing what he did is Batman. I, I would like to see a Zack Snyder Batman film. Like, maybe it doesn't agree with people's original ideas, but, like, DC's about to put out, like, they're about to shit out three different Batmans, four different Batmans right now. People are just going to, like, shove it down their throats, and they're going to love it. Everyone's excited for four different Batmans. And, like, I would like to see Zack Snyder's Batman. Sure, he's not that, like, I, I liked Ben Affleck. I, I didn't mind that he was like kicking people's asses. I'd like to see him go from someone who's so, like a twisted version of that idea and watch him grow throughout the movies. Maybe it'd be organically, maybe it wouldn't, but I think he had a better chance than he did Superman. Superman was not a right fit. It was just not appropriate. And I never thought of it. Uh, I liked Josh Whedon's version of Superman way more than him. And it would have been nice to see like Josh Whedon make 
a Superman movie before we found out how much of a dick he was. Oops, news. <laughs> oh, that's right. Ray Parker called out Joss Whedon. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher called out Joss Whedon for dis- discussing an abusive behavior on set. Including, I didn't know this game. I want to point out before we get not before we go too deep on that. There, I I've heard some other stuff about that, and I just I want to counter. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. But like, there's some differing opinions about why Ray Fisher feels that way and I oh, I want to talk about that. Go ahead. Um so from what I've heard, again this is before Kevin Smith added fuel to the fire on this. Um Ray obviously Ray Fisher was very 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 frustrated with Joss Whedon. I don't inherently blame him, but I don't think Joss Whedon's as big of a dick as he's making it sound. I think what happened is and is that the studio gave it to Whedon or, you know, or Snyder passed it to Whedon or whatever, whoever passed it to whom, gave it to Whedon. Whedon was on a very, very very short schedule to finish a movie that was half done in six months. That just doesn't happen. And so a lot of it was one take and done. And like, if it was fucked up, it was fucked up. And they were on the timeline of all timelines, truthfully. And Joss Whedon was probably very stressed out because he had to push this out and he had to do marketing and he had to do all kinds, he had to do everything. And he probably was very frustrated on set and everything was moving by so fast and lots of scenes were being reshot and redone and all this. Ray Fisher was at the center point of that. I guess the other center point of that was also um, Henry Cavill and Ray Fisher were the two center point actors who felt this the most and had to do this the most. Um, and so I'm getting this feeling like Ray Fisher said, well, he's kind of a dick, but I, I get this feeling like the reason why he said he was kind of a dick is because he was moving everything along really, really fast to get this movie done. Um, it, okay. So uh, if that is the case, basically what you're saying is, is his behavior excusable? And the, and the thing is, we'd have to realize it's like, what, what initially is the behavior? Yeah. So I, I don't know a lot of it. I do know. And Ray Fisher hasn't I, gone into really specifics about what the behavior was either. And that's. I don't know whether he has or hasn't. But like, I, all I'm saying is, it, yes, obviously, Josh Whedon took millions of dollars to polish the turd and had a like, very short amount of time to do it. Agreed. Um, it's just about how you treat people. Now, obviously, Cavill and Fisher could be the two characters who where their parts were cut the most and didn't really have a lot of focus. So, yes, especially when Ray Fisher, like, he's supposed to be this guy who enters in. He's supposed to have his own movie, and all of it is taken away pretty much so he can just sigh and make jokes and flash. That would make any actor, like, it, it could give anyone motive to do it, absolutely. Yes. So I, it would depend on how, whether other people speak up, if other things are uh, uh, other stories come out, especially from that. Set. So, so the new and, and and before we go too far, I uh, when you're done with your thought, I'm gonna mention what Kevin Smith was talking about. And what did Ray? Let's look at what Ray Fisher said first. Ray Ray Fisher basically said he was abusive, and he didn't really. And from the interview, because I I, I saw the video interview where he talked about, it, he just kind of said he was kind of an ass and unprofessional. 
Um, and Kevin Smith kind of gave a little bit of context to that, but I don't know how much of it is true. But and so what, Kevin Smith basically came out and said what you said before that it, like that's how the shoot was. No, so this uh, Ray Fisher talked a lot about the shoot about how it was very touch and go and very you know quick and snap and like one 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 take and done and blah 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 blah. Uh, what Kevin Smith talked about was that there was a little bit more about like when he was on the set of Rise of Skywalker and there was visual effects guys there who worked on both Justice League and Solo and Rise of Skywalker and all that. They were talking about how Joss Whedon was kind of trashing Zack Snyder's vision and that he was saying, oh, it's a terrible vision. I'm here to fix it. Kind of the superiority complex sort of thing. So he was acting like an asshole on set. Yes. Okay. At least that's what Kevin Smith has heard secondhand, in fairness. Again, I don't know how much of this was like that overstun. You know, a lot of a lot of people in Hollywood can be over the top like that. A lot of it could have been a one-time offhanded comment where he said, Look, I'm here to come and fix it. I don't think Zach's vision was where it needed to be you know whatever you know what i mean and someone overheard it and took it as you know joss whedon's an asshole and is trashing zack snyder's vision like well, i would say the, the thing i would look at that is let's say that's true sure. say, i would say at the very least josh whedon took this job he came in and whenever here's the thing if the studio doesn't like what snyder is doing they're gonna find a director who agrees with their opinion Yes. So if the director comes in with that kind of disdain because that's the way they picked him, then that is certainly a voice of the studio. And also someone who took that money cynically, but he's also made, you know, two of the biggest movies of all time. So, like, he, he's going to have sense of an ego about it. But, like, at the end of the day, if, when I use the word vision and I say which person has the right vision, I'm going to think probably Snyder creates, like, he creates a vision 110%. I don't always agree with it. I think he sucks at storytelling, but I think Whedon is better at storytelling. We don't really have vision. Like he's a TV director who became a filmmaker. Like he, yeah. he, he shoots his takes that fast. It's not just improv. It's like, it's not about the look. It's get, get the shot that's appropriate in the sense and then get it done fast. That's why they picked him because like, that's what he does. He gets that stuff done fast and he focuses on the story. So yeah, Taking a guy who's all about story and then taking a guy who's all about vision and putting them together in one movie and neither of them agree about how that story's supposed to be told equally, yeah, like that's totally going to happen. And the actors are going to see that. The actors are going to be thrown by the wayside. But at the end of the day, if like I, I kind of agree with Ray Fisher, if if like Gal Gadot is sitting there going, I I don't want to have Flash land on my on my chest. I want to get a stunt double for that, and they did. They had another woman do it because she didn't want to do it. Like, yeah. I that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, that Zack Snyder obviously cares about her ass in most shots. Like, you know, yeah. there's absolutely 110% he is on her legs and on her butt. So he's just as bad, but it looks better. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not surprised that Joss Whedon is shooting takes like that and getting it done that fast because that's what he does because his focus is somewhere else. Whereas Zack Snyder is probably 
for Ray Fisher, Zack Snyder's like took the time on set for everything to look impeccable, for something to look a certain way. Like he cared about how everything looked, but Ray Fisher probably didn't understand what was being sacrificed for that to happen, and it was most likely storytelling. And that's what that's the mistake you would have gotten for the other one. And he just probably appreciated that sort of storytelling on set and care on set than Josh Whedon's one two punch. Let's go, like. So I can see how that's the perspective he'd have. I have kind of a problem with both of their visions for different reasons. But the fact that we get one singular vision of one idea from the guy who made three of the most important movies of that universe, which is still ongoing, I kind of want to see what that vision is. I probably won't agree with it, but at least it'll be a vision and and, and it'll be one idea. I mean, I watch Avengers and, and Ultron because, like, those are Josh Whedon's ideas mixed with the studio. Zack Snyder deserves an out. I think he got out on unfair terms, both the universe and the studio. So I think it sucks. It's kind of like giving, it's kind of like giving the football to, the, it's kind of like giving the quarterback position to the quarterback is like the worst and everybody hates him, but they're like, fine. Go win the game for us. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if, that, if Josh Whedon said that, but I certainly think that they didn't agree with what story they were telling equally. And they have completely different styles of directing. So, of course, there were huge clashes. And, of course, there were actors who liked one style above the other. But, yeah, if Whedon was just being a jerk at the same time as that, that's a whole other story. And directors are assholes all the time. They think that's the way they're supposed to do it. Oh, I agree. I just don't know. I, I don't know who was being an asshole or who wasn't being an asshole or what was said and all that. And we probably will never truly know. And that's problematic. I think it's interesting how like people are picking sides in a war against this movie when like it should have been something way like films are collaborative. There are so many stories of directors coming in and like helping other people. Couldn't we have gotten an AI where, like, Steven Spielberg comes in and fixes the movie that Kubrick couldn't because he died? Like, couldn't we have something that nice rather than one guy coming in and being like, yeah, this looks pretty, but it sucks. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Either way, um, it's drama. I like the fact that it's content that we can watch when nothing's being made right now, really. But um, I, I do... It is basically all, every nerd's like reality show right now. The Snyder Cut. What's happening this week? Who hates who? Who committed adultery? What's going on? Yeah. All I know is it's a lot of footage and a lot of stuff that's going to be interesting. It's kind of like when the Wolverine Origins movie came out and not all of it was completed. It's, it was still an interesting thing to see, but also that sucked horribly. I don't think you're going to get that here. I'm really interested to see what happens when one of the most important visualists in the world gets a chance to make his, like, rough cut. Like, how, like, this guy makes everything look beautiful. How beautiful is his rough cut? I'm kind of interested. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping, because from the, 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 like, two or three clips we've seen of it, just looks so good already. I ha- I don't know. I'm I'm I want I'm waiting to the day that it comes out and then I can actually sit down and see what's what cuz like maybe he doesn't use any of Whedon's. Maybe he uses some. I don't know. Maybe like wouldn't it be interesting if he actually used bits and pieces, but it doesn't sound like it sounds like he fucking hates it. <laughs> uh, there's 
Uh, there's some like clips that like Zack Snyder released that just oh my god, there's some cool shit that looks cool. Like he was talking about how like the the prologue battle scene that we saw the the one where um where uh, Steppenwolf kind of shows up and just like fights everybody. There's gonna mm-hmm. be an alternate scene like completely reshot, completely redone. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff that they're going to add into it i guess yeah see this also sets a precedent like who gets who gets to do this and also what better universal time to do it he has so much material and so like he only has to shoot like maybe a quarter of it and it's perfect like the world conditions allowed for a director to get the best opportunity in the world and like arguably like I'm not that excited about what I'm going to see. I'm just interested. It's a curiosity. I I don't know, man. Yeah, I just there's cool stuff that I keep seeing, and there's a lot of pretty images that like everyone keeps posting, and then there's clips all over the place of things, and it just it makes maybe. me kind of really hope that maybe we get two more movies, but I don't think we will. That's the worst part about it is that like yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be like a four hour part one to a three-part story which was like crazy i i just hope it does two things it just ends what he started with with bvs and and man of steel just gets that out of the way just like tells a story and then also sets up flashpoint because obviously It'll get the time travel thing with him, and it's what they're making next. Just like it would be nice if those three things could happen. It would just be perfect. Um, yeah, I, I, I that, that would help the series because I want to see the DCEU work. I like Birds of Prey. I think Aquaman is silly in, in the best way. I think Shazam's great, and I like Wonder Woman. Like I like everyone who's like kicking butt and taking aim. My just... my biggest sadness though about Flashpoint is that if they're not going to do true Flashpoint. If they did two true Flashpoint, uh, it would it would have to be like a Justice League budget. It would have to be huge. Well, yes, I know, but also Marvel There's... does that all the time. I mean, the, look what they did in BVS. They killed Superman. So, I mean, come on. I get that, but like they'd have it's the cast alone that they would have to bring it in on. They'd have to. No, they get... They're going to wait on Green Lantern and all that stuff. No, I know, but, like, big players in Flashpoint are, like, obviously the Flash, there's Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Batman, there's Cyborg, there's Aquaman, there's Wonder Woman, there's, uh, they'd have to get, um, Deathstroke, Lex Luthor, what? Yeah, like, all those, I, 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 I just want them to fix stuff, man, like, that's too much. They can't have their cake and eat it, too, they just need to fix things. That's all they need to do. They, this is the perfect prime opportunity for them to do it. Marvel is taking a break, and right now they have chances to like plan things and do it properly and hit the multiverse before they do. So like, just like, uh, that's all they need to do is get it right. And if they can put the Snyder cut in with that equation, then they can have Flashpoint set if they so many ha- things off right. Dude, if they did Flashpoint, they did it well and they did it right. There's nothing to believe that the DCEU couldn't be the new hot thing. There's nothing to say they couldn't. That they get to kick off their new universe with like the biggest multiverse spinoff and one of the most world-renowned comic stories of all time. I, I just think when it comes to Marvel and DC, now that they're just such big conglomerates in terms of film, 
and we love these characters so much and more iterations are going to come regardless it's going to flip back and forth and all i want is good storytelling in between because like you know it's all we benefit from at the end of the day. We still go back to those old Batmans. We still go back to the old Supermans. We still go back to yeah. Blade. Sometimes, uh, I just, I just want to point out, there's one thing that I want them to do in Flashpoint so badly, but they'll never do. Flash can't, Flash can't do that, man. He's not going to run naked. I know how much you no, want. No, no, no. <laughs> what I want them to, do, what I want them to do, is have Gal Gadot kill. Gadot. Is chop Amber Heard's head off because that Wonder Woman yes. does that in the comic. She kills Mira, chops her head off, and takes her crown for her own. I wanted to do that just because Amber Heard's such a fucking bitch. Oh wow. Um, well, I don't like <laughs> Amber Heard. I, actually, I, I agree. I think there's enough evidence that kind of proves she manipulated the world into thinking Johnny Depp used her. Uh, yeah. uh, to just, the she had herself. Like I straight yeah, up want to see Gal Gadot just kill her. And then they're them to recast her in whatever new recast the the character in a whole new thing. I mean, maybe they'll recast her and just not talk about it because they don't want anyone to talk about it. But uh, I also think that they may just not use her again. They yeah. it's going to be hard to say. Like maybe Patrick Patrick Wilson becomes the new Mira and they fall in love. I just <laughs> I just want Gal Gadot <laughs> to kill Amber on screen. <laughs> Chop her head off. That that's all I want to see. <laughs> if Amber Heard gets paid, I think she would take it. Oh, I'm sure. <sighs> but no one wants to pay Amber Heard. What? Nobody wants to pay Amber Heard. That's the point. They'll just have an actress like. They'll just have a scene where like she walks into like Aquaman's room and she'll just throw the head on the ground and it'll roll and like we won't see the face really and he'll be like, "What happened?" And it'll just cut to like. A Tarantino like Sleepy Hollow kind of decapitation where you just see the back of the head and just goes flip flop. They slice it off, and like you don't see her yeah. face ever, sure. But then like if Wonder Woman's just like, cause, and walks away, like I'm cool with that too. Yeah, they could do. They could always do what they did in Game of Thrones, where they make a fake prosthetic head, and then That's just true. and then just give Amber Heard likeness rights, like whatever. <laughs> Or have someone crush your eyeballs out with their hands, like what they did with uh with uh with uh what's, what's his name? Don't say yeah. the names. That's the spoilers, but uh yeah. But, uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal's character. You son of a. I didn't say the character name. But now people will know when they see Pedro Pascal because he's gonna get big because of the Mandalorian. He's already. He was big before the Mandalorian. Well, that means you still. Yeah, didn't you see his? Didn't you see his massive hit called "The Great Wall"? I did. Game of Thrones. I I did eventually, but that's the point. You're spoiling who has that happen in Game of Thrones. Alex, nobody's gonna watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) I made that joke somewhere else too. Someone said that spoilers on Game of Thrones. I was like, no one's gonna care about Game of Thrones in five years. Said it's so dead. The ending was that bad. No one cares, Alex. I just watched the lightning strike through that person's heart. I was just like, no. Spoiler alert! Game of Thrones season. Daenerys burns down King Landing. King's Landing. Wow, that was rude. It's more than that. Like it's just. First off, Chris, you haven't even seen it. So Sophia Turner uh, takes the Iron Throne. Zach, first of all, I don't want people to spoil Game of Thrones. Like I'm not saying we should do that, but I am saying Zach. You talk about things that you haven't seen all the time, like you've seen them all the time. And <laughs> Chris, 
it you could say that that happens and that's not the problem the problem is how they tell the ending everyone knows that there's not a problem with how it ended necessarily it was how they how it was told like the joel dies horribly who's joel I made a a Last of Us joke. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, John, he already died. Spoiler alert. That's my spiel. Go home. Wow. Uh, I'm just saying. Back to Willow. What Willow? Um, They're making a new movie, aren't they? They're working on it. TV show. Yeah. What? Willow. Oh, Willow. Yeah, Willow TV show. Anyways, um, happening. Anywho, uh, so, so yeah. Oh, I can't tell you what I have seen besides okay. tonight's movie, but I'm telling. But I'm going to tell you what I am going to see. So last week I said I put out a not so, a not so subtle hint about a certain movie that I'd like to see in theaters, and I have been blessed with the response. St. Anthony Main Theater. I'm going to see Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. You're going to see Mad Max Fury Road on the big screen? Darn straight. Yeah. What, day, what time? It's by, next, by the next time we talk? Um. Yeah, so tomorrow. Oh my gosh, man. Get gloves and a mask and have fun. And uh, silver paint that I spray into my face and get uh, poisoning of some kind. Oh shit, they also have the Matrix too. I'm just yeah, the Matrix it. and the Dark Knight. I might indulge in the Dark Knight on Tuesday. So, so Al, uh, Chris, which version of it are you seeing? Um, the regular version. Why not see the black and chrome edition? I'm 23, man. I'm 23. Which version do you think I'm going to default to? Uh, the black and white one. Okay, no, first of all... I have no class, nor any taste. Wait, 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 wait. Chris, don't blame yourself for what just happened. That is not your fault. Zach, get your pretentious BS out of here. I'm sorry. Get your pretentious bullshit out of here. The only version of Logan I watch is the black and white version. Fuck you! Because it was shot that way. But here's the thing. He's never seen it in color on the big screen. See that first. Then see it in black and white one day, sure. But he hasn't even seen it in, in like normal version on the big screen. Give him that chance first. Also playing the Dark Knight for those who have never seen that in theaters. I mean, then it's a possibility. It's been how many years since it was? I have seen the Dark Knight in theaters. It's just it was just at a point where I didn't wasn't into many, Batman or into many, that into those movies at all. There's a lot of people who haven't seen it on the big screen though now, like thirteen and fourteen year olds and stuff like that. Like me. Um, you're, what, how old are right now? You're 15 years old. <laughs> God, Chris, um, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> My God. You pretentious piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you when I see it, man. I'll call you when I see it. That's unfair. He hasn't even seen how beautiful it is in color. Come on, man. It's one of the best summer movies ever. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's where I'm gonna be tomorrow. Good on you. All right. So, um, anything else? Uh, Apparently, Um, apparently, Willow Creek's playing Deadpool again. Good. Good for them. This is what I want. I wish. This is one of the things that makes me sad that I am working this much. Because I can't. Force Awakens, Despicable. This is all I wanted. Chamber of Secrets, Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters, E.T., Grease. Oh my god. Dude, Willow Creek's got 
fucking a stacked lineup. Oh, man. That's all I've ever wanted for movie theaters, man. And if it wasn't so scary to go outside, right? It's the most ironic thing in the world. I feel like there's a Twilight Zone where a guy, all he wants to do is read his books, man. He's just so sick and tired of people. People would walk by, make noises, and everyone wants to read, always bother him. He would just push up his glasses and read his books. And then the world ended because he found a bomb shelter and like nukes went off. And then he found a library and he found food. And he's like, I can just sit here with my books and read. And then he trips and falls and breaks his glasses. And he's like, no, there was time now. Time to read. And I can't. I feel like that's what's happening. All these movies I want to see as I can't because there's a pandemic. And I work. Yeah. Oh, well. Dude, you Little Creek just has the stacked like lineup. Uh, I'm so happy. It's good for them, and I hope people will see it if they are healthy and of and stay with guidelines. Oh yeah, I'm, oh I'm going. I'm, I'm taking a mask. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at an old Facebook post that I'm in, and there's a picture of okay. me, Peter, and then Matt, and I forgot who else from Kingsman lunch. Holy shit! Long time, long time ago. God, that was yeah. That was a long, long time ago. Wow. Sorry, I was just like looking up Willow Creek stuff, and I uh, wow. Anyway, that's a great. Like, I'm glad theaters are doing that because they're gonna have to do that for a while. Yeah. Anyway, I like. I was so happy when the, like theaters start doing like. So you're gonna see Twin Peaks: The Return in theaters. I can't wait. It's gonna happen. That's something I may break for all eighteen hours of it. Okay. Um, pending anything else going on? Nope. Not that twice. Let's finish the. Let's finish out the Matrix then. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, what for the you? love of God! I told. I guess I did no, no, going no, I once. I did going uh, twice, and then I said, "Let's go," and then you said, "No, stop." There's something we must talk about. I almost spilled my Gatorade, and now uh, we are going to talk about that thing because you can't help yourself. Go ahead. So what did we watch this week, boys? That's what he just said. Yeah. That's what he was saying. Like, he went through what he watched. Did you watch anything, Zach? I watched... Um, I rewatched Your Name, actually, for the first time in, like... Oh, I weeks. thought you were going to say you, you rewatched your own sex tape. Yes, I rewatched my own sex tape. Actually, yeah, Chris, I didn't watch yeah. my sex tape. I watched your sex tape. You got to study your mistakes. You gotta Which study one? Mistakes. Oh, the one Chris, with you and Meg Griffin. You got a catalog. I love it. Chris, how could you have sex with Meg Griffin? And I'm not talking Mila Kunis. I'm talking about Meg actual Griffin. Because Meg Griffin is a sweet girl who's had a hard life, and how dare you shame her like that? Well, it's all in the nose, Zach. Um, Thank you. Wait, what? You followed your nose? <laughs> you Sorry, what? Anyway, what is what's your name again? Uh, it is an uh. Anime. Okay. <gasps> okay. All right. Uh, arguably one of the best ones from 2016. What do you mean ones? Films? Yes. What's it about? Uh, it is about. No. Two people who are separated by about three years, one of which is technically dead, 
and they fall in love. Oh, right. That's probably a spoiler. And there's a... Well, yeah, sorry. Oh, my gosh. You're done. I'm done. With, no, we can't have this anymore. You need to stop. You need to be controlled. You need he to be controlled, okay? No, you asked him. You did not have to tell about the dead thing. All you had to say was that they were separated by time and space. And you just went off and said, oh, one of them's dead. Oh, well, that's just great. I was planning on watching that movie anyway. But no, Zach had to go ahead and ruin it. Good job, now, Wait a second. I'm really glad wait you're second, here. Chris. Really, wait a second, <laughs> Why can you, you not be yourself? You may be valid, but let me ask. Let me just tempt myself one last time here and see if Zach can do this. Zach, yes. when does that happen in the film? How, at what point would you say that happens? First act, second act, third act? When you find that out as an audience? Probably the third act, yeah. You son of a bitch. Okay, that was a that is a spoiler. <sighs> yeah. Okay, that's bad. You shouldn't have done that. Sorry, bad, bad. bad Zach. Ugh, I, I wouldn't have wanted to know that either. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but... Uh, is there anything else that you watch that you don't want to spoil? I I watched Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Why don't you go ahead and spoil that one too? What's stopping you now? Let's go three for three. I asked him not to. I'm not gonna. He's not even gonna like oh, whatever. Let's just. It was good. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is good. Yeah, it is it, good. I have seen it. It is good. It's it is like good. uh, it's like Team America and um, Lord of the Rings put together. It's really. I good. think it's better than both of those, but that's okay. Of course, no, of course, but it's like if you're looking for what the aesthetic is of the show. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That, well, that's. I mean, the aesthetic is if you love the Dark Crystal, it's like the Dark Crystal, but way more violent. <laughs> yeah, and it's beautiful. It's really well done. Yeah, it's it's great. Um. Yeah. So that that's about it. Uh. I watched a great film noir called Side Streets. It was really good. Um, I saw a French film called Orphe that like David Lynch stole a bunch of stuff from. I'm sure he was in. I'm sure he just like did it for fun. Like he does his own things. Yeah. Him, like, it's really funny because I was watching it and it was like, huh. I feel like David Lynch does that a little bit. And then he, another thing happened, and I was like, no, he definitely, he definitely used that for that reason. <laughs> Then, right. and, then it, and then I saw a zigzag floor, and I'm like, oh, shit, no, they, he stole that. Like, <laughs> after a while, it was pretty funny. Um, but the film noir was called Side Streets. It was, like, about this mailman who is a normal guy in New York. First of all, in 1950, a lot of great shots of New York. And he runs into, he get, he's delivering this mail to some guy, and he sees $200 fall out of this thing. And he's like, wow, that's more money than I'm ever going to see in my life. And yeah. he, like, sees where it's put. And the next day he comes back and he sees it that no one's there and he gets in and he's like, what's $200? What's, what, who's going to notice that? They'll never know. Yeah. And so he steals, he, he like gets the thing that the $200 is in, realizes $3,000 is in there. And then he's like, I have to hide this. So he puts it in a package. He takes it to a bar run by his friend and he's like, hold this for me, dude. It's a dress for my wife for the baby that they're having. By the way, his wife's having a baby. She's the sweetest, most innocent person that's ever existed. And the moment you see her, you're like, oh, this guy's fucked. This guy is fucked. It's, oh my God, you are so dead, dude. Because it's a film noir. Like, 
no, like, it's not good. It's not good for this guy. Like, he's going to lose everything. And <laughs> he comes back later when he thinks the coast is clear. And, uh, his, of course, his friend ran off with money. Of course, they looked at the package and ran out for $3,000. And he doesn't know where that is. And now he wants to give the money back to the people because he feels bad. And he's got to find the money. Turns out, well, you know, things just get worse and worse and worse. Oh, it's great. Oh, so good. Really liked it. Side Street. Really recommend it. Okay. All right. Going once. Going twice. I'm good. <laughs> that is that's ballsy. <laughs> I played a very dangerous game. I was like, someone's gonna jump in as a joke, and I'm like, nope, not gonna not gonna fall in for it. And I was waiting for somebody to jump. It was a Mexican standoff, kind of like what happens here in Matrix Revolution. Okay, well, let's talk. Let's finish out the Matrix trilogy. Yes, let's. Okay. So first off, I want to start off with a note that um, I forgot to mention this last week, but um, I didn't know Martian Manhunter could uh, like transcend dimensions. Uh, if you know what I mean. I don't think I understand what you mean. The guy who plays Commander Locke is allegedly Martian Manhunter in the DCEU. He certainly is a high-ranking general, which is more than Perry White is, a.k.a. Morpheus. Um, Hold on. I, I actually want to confirm this. Oh, my God! No, I oh, want to just wonder who the actor oh, no, Chris. is. I'm doing it for yeah, a visuals thing. Oh, yeah. He's right. He's right. Let him let him get, get, get through what he needs to get through. Chris, anyway, yes, I liked his character a lot. I thought he was very good in this. Even even though he was making very silly faces that actually I'm looking at right now. is No, not Wait. that one. That's Captain Mafoni. Maf- well, that's Captain Mafoni. He wasn't Mar- They look a lot alike, actually. No, he looks more like... Um... Who's the guy who plays Aquaman's dad and uh, Django Fett? I forget his name. Aquaman's dad in Django Fett? Dolph Lundgren, you mean? No way, Oh, no. my lord in heaven. Would you just answer my question? I don't remember who Aquaman's dad is. The guy who play, okay, the guy who played the Django Fett. For God's sake, guys. Well, come on. Remember. Oh, wait, like... I don't remember his name. Oh, my God. Okay, oh, Black Manta? David no, Hush. no, no! I know, no, I know what he's no! talking about. No! Oh my gosh, you guys are you guys are intentionally I pissing me off. He, I this know is, who you're talking about. This is about, rigged. You guys are like you guys clearly know the answer, and you're pissing me off. No, I literally I don't, don't know, know the answer. Tomorrow Morrison, for God's sake! Oh, I would have known that name. I would not have remembered. Yeah, that. I don't recognize that name. He's only in two things that I can think of. He was in uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, but you wouldn't know that. I've seen a lot of it, but I also don't remember him in it. Oh my god, I didn't realize that, like, his character was intended to be Martian Manhunter in the DCU. Yes! And it still could be! Well, so good. according... I, 
according to IMDb, he gets the name Martian Manhunter in Zack Snyder's Justice League. There you go. Uh, Which we are about to see. In yes. about nine months. <laughs> that we are. Anyway, for God's sake. Sorry, I just wanted to confirm that for my own sanity. I can't wait to get to the DCU and dive into that more. But anyway. Well, there's so. nothing to talk about because it's not alluded to in the, in the normal DCU. No, there's added insanity to it that I could go into, but I'm not going to because we're talking about Matrix Revolutions. Can we focus on that? That's not That's masturbate like saying, to Zack Snyder. I'm letting that just seem so that someone can edit it out later. <laughs> someone edits this. That's a funny joke. Um... Uh, <laughs> that's actually a really good joke. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk about my. Okay, so this was better than I thought it would be. Agreed. I don't I think it's a third. It was... So no, 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 no. I don't think it's a. So it said. Uh, I, so I looked at that. I think I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, and it said thirty-five percent. I think that's a little cruel. I think that's cruel. I never thought this movie was bad. I just thought that it stuffed its themes down your throat too much. Well, so, kind of the same problem with the second one, except it's worse than this one. Uh. Mm. uh so, go ahead, Alex. No, 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 keep going. No, I was Let's gonna go. ask you what led to this between two and three. Okay, so they filmed both of these at the same time. They, um, there were some issues, like the woman who played the Oracle died of, uh, um, oh. of smoking, uh, some smoking-related disease, and so they had to find somebody else and write it into the story. Um, Aaliyah, <coughs> the singer, she also was meant to be um, the, the wife of Link, but she passed away as well, and they had to hire uh, this actress to come in and fill it. Um, other than that, everything was kind of smooth uh, of a transition. Everything was filmed at the same time, planned at the same time. It was all one story, including the Animatrix stuff. That's just the stuff that was on the wayside and world building. In fact, this was so planned together that the uh, Wachowskis wanted to put this out weeks after Reloaded. But the studio was like, no, 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 no. Give it months. We'll put the Animatrix out over the summer, but the Wachowskis were like, they wanted this story to be like answered in a few weeks. They wanted people to go to the theaters and then go to the theaters again and then keep going back and forth. Um, I don't know if that necessarily was a good idea, but honestly, in terms of storytelling, sitting for a few days and coming back to this actually worked for me rather than like waiting. If I'd have waited too long, I may not have like, it may have fallen off like last time, but I was also really positive with Reloaded this time. But once I started watching it, uh, I found myself really loving the middle, hating the beginning, and just, you know, appreciating the end. Um, I think the beginning is incredibly boring. I also think that it, it does things incredibly wrong-headed that they did right in the other movies. In the other movies, in each situation, they open with action. And to se in the second one, they just hold on that action too long that it's kind of silly. In the first one, it's perfect. It's mysterious. And then also there's action. Um, and there's a lot of craft and love to it. And I think the second one, they just take the action too far. In this one, they're chasing an, a guy in a trench coat with a pea shooter. 
Yeah. Subway. <laughs> That's you your action that. scene? Are you kidding me? I was like, oh my god, this is awful. It's like so much, it's just going back and forth, like Neo's talking to these people. Like, I like the family. The family's fine. I like that world building. It, it humanizes the programs more. It shows that the Oracle was fighting for the programs and chose to fight with the humans as well over time. Like, I understand more of the story this time, way more. Um, and I just think there's just so much shit in both of these two movies, Reloaded and Revolutions, not even on a philosophical level, on a story-based level, that you do not need. Like, yeah. I get that it's world-building, but, like, considering the story that they're eventually telling by the end of all of this, that's way more interesting. Uh, I don't need it. I don't need the Merovingian. Don't give a shit about him. Don't give a shit about Persephone. I like the family, but I don't give a shit about the train man. Or if you have him there in your action movie, make him, a, like, a threat, an actual threat, not just some grody guy who's covered in piss. Like, I, I want, like, what are you doing? I, I don't get it. I, I, I love the highway ch chase, but to get the key master, if that's the only thing you need because the Oracle told you to do that, fine. Don't, I don't, like, the Merovingian is the guy who wants to get him, and then you stop and kill the Merovingian. That's fine. Don't bring him into your third movie and have uh, people run on the ceiling, which, by the way, looks really cool. I like it and everything. It's pre-inception. But um, it's also just a hum. It, it's just an homage to the first movie. I get why they do it, but you're sucking time out of what is eventually the real true heart of the story, which is it's the moment that Naomi says two ships diverge uh, to save the day. And that's when the movie really starts. And then the absolute brilliant middle where the, like the whole sent like Sentinel fight in the dome happens. It's just, it's amazing. It is as good as the ending of the first movie, as good as the middle highway chase scene. I really loved it this time. It's, it's a war piece. It's as good as anything from Lord of the Rings. I, I loved it. Before we go too deep on this, uh, Chris, after the episode last week, we had you sit down and watch. Yeah, oh, go, okay. All right, we want to talk about we, this? Go ahead. Yes, we have to talk about Second Renaissance. How do we have to talk about Second Renaissance? Why? Why, 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 why? How does it have everything nothing to do with directly with this movie? It has no. nothing to do with this directly. Which is with the... Which is with the... the with, like, the overarching world and how we got to where the first matrix starts that's like that's it's just backstory to the context it's it's, it's context can i can i make an argument like can i make an argument for it they did put it out in between two films and i used to think that way too as i watch it now and understand the story more it humanizes the robots more it makes it i'm not it arguing makes, that well, all I'm saying is when the answer to the three and when the real story of all of the Matrix is how the Oracle got humans, programs and machines together to come to peace through one person, basically because she believed that he has the heart, uh, the heart and can make the right choices to do it, given the opportunities. That's what this is. It's about peace between the humans and the machines. So when you understand how far the machines were pushed by humans, how much they lost their humanity, what made them independent, sentient things that had conscience, to the point that, like, I really felt when, this, when, when Neo goes to them and says, I can help you and save the Matrix, that they yell in his face, we don't need your help. It's like, it's like someone who's so angry about how marginalized they've been. That, that all they have left is to say, I, I can take care of myself. You've given me nothing. And that's what it does. And I, I felt it. I really did. 
Now, that's why I think it works in between the films because the end goal of all of this is peace. And I do agree that they hammer home, they hammer home a lot of the theology and a lot of the Buddhism and even him as a Jesus Christ figure. Sure, that stuff is ham-fisted, and I do like the fact that it's there, but I think they go too far, and like the Merovingian and all that stuff is just useless and unneeded, and that world-building takes too much time away from what is way more interesting, which is the fight on Zion. The fight for Zion is so much more interesting. I like the fight between Neo and uh smith fine i appreciate that now but the middle piece which is the city like what you're really truly fighting for this humanity that's left that like that i that matters and it works with me and i honestly think that the when you see the machines and the humans and how the machines can find their humanity and these humans are like on the brink of losing theirs is just as an existence they that is supposed to help us get to what the fourth movie could be. I, I think if you want the answer to be peace, you can't just look at these machines as something that were machines and now aren't killing us anymore. But if you give them a backstory, then you care more about whether they choose to do the right thing or not. Personally. And, and that's why I think if above everything else that has to do with um, with Animatrix, I think the most important part about all of that is really just Second Renaissance. Second Renaissance is the honestly, if they had just cut the Merovingian stuff and gave a second Renaissance in like a live action variant in some sort of backstory dump, I think it would have been great. Uh no. I in the movie in the movie that exists, in the movie in this movie, I don't I, I disagree. I don't I don't see where you could fit that whole thing in there. That's a good question. Um, you may be right, Chris, but if I were to sit and think about where good, because here's the thing. The only thing that Bane is there to do is two things. I, I now realize that he's not just there to blind Neo and hinder him because he, Neo ends up seeing, sh he just sees shit anyway. Uh, the, the thing that gets me is um, that, that Neo is able to stop machines in the real world and then go to their, like, the they're and connect with the machine city on his own the exact same way that um smith is able to go into the real world through a human person like they both are able to transcend and do something impossible they are equals they are yin and yang they keep doing things that mirror each other uh but outside of that that's it take bane out you don't need that guy just he's there to just make make tension and stuff i agree like there's so much side shit that you can take out and if you honestly told that story at the beginning of this movie the same way they tell the story about why smeagol turned bad and how he became who he was he used to be a hobbit steals the ring from his best friend murders him you find out where he is See, but yeah, absolutely started from the beginning that way i i think another, another no 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 another reason i disagree is that i would have i would i i wish i'd seen that in the second movie when that's when that was the whole point of what the architect's business was. Just put that there. Not well, the fact that you had like six different versions of Neo. Just put in the robot's backstory. Well, okay, so like in this movie, I just don't see where you put that and have it still flow like that. Well, this is that's obviously well, what that's the movie they wanted to make. Well, this well, is a, well, this is a war movie, and I think it's more important to show the human. The initial human machine war in the war movie instead of the back. I just think that uh, well, if you put Second Renaissance here, it's too late. For me, it's too the, late. Here's the thing. I 
I think you make a good point, Chris. Maybe it is too late. Zach, I do think you make a good point. Thematically, it does work with the war aspect of this movie. However, I do think that if you make at the end of the second movie it very clear that a war is coming, that would be a good way to do it. But then you would have to, I think you would have to choose whether or not you would do the six iterations bit where you would do um, that this is the history of the machines, or could you do both? And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, what's the importance of the six? Uh, the importance of the six iterations is to say that the hero's journey of the first movie um, is fun and everything, but he's, he was never given a purpose. He was just said, you're going to save the world, but he doesn't know how. Second movie flips it on his head, gives him a choice to not save the world, but save the woman he loves and therefore break the system that has set everything and start something new. I hate what I hate what they do with it in the third movie, which is basically nothing, because the more interesting story is once that's shattered, the people in the real world have to fight for themselves and incidentally for the people that are in those pods with the machines because of Smith and like. I, I, there's so much side stuff you could take out of here that, yeah, I think I think either way it could have worked because you would have had the room if you to just cut all this other fat. Yeah, I think if you cut a lot of the fat, whether you put it at the end of Reloaded or you put it at the beginning of Revolutions, I think like that's where it fits. If it's somewhere between those two, and maybe it was just right for it to be in the Animatrix, but I think if like they opened the movie on a gigantic battle showing us the history like that i think you you really feel for what's going on in the back half of this movie and it makes yeah. the back half work so much better disagree should have put it in the second movie it doesn't matter think, right here it's too late i i mean you put it on the back end of the second or you put it at the beginning of the third i don't see how how that's different it's a difference of 10 minutes of story eh, no. well let's say let me ask you that let me ask you this. let me ask you this they'd have gone the route that they originally wanted and release the second film weeks after the first one, would it have mattered then? Wait, sorry, what was the question? I'm sorry, I, you kind of cut out. Since this, is, since this is technically one movie, really, okay. that Reloaded and Revolutions is basically one movie, and they released it the way that they originally wanted and had Revolutions come out weeks after the first one, would it have mattered then? As ridiculous as that might sound, I guess not, no. Because it doesn't matter where you put it, if you're going to release it weeks after, which is ridiculous, I think. Got to let it breathe, man. Or just make I, it one movie. I, Chris, you I guess my, I guess my big, my big question here for you is, you you say it's too late, and I just want to understand this. So, what exactly happens, story wise, between the beginning of Revolutions, the actual beginning of the movie, and the end of and the point where they talk about the six iterations, story-wise, that's important. You that just said that backwards. No. It's like, what happens between the beginning of the third movie and the end of the second movie? Yes, what story-wise happens that you say makes it too late? It's time. He's talking about the time that came out between the movies. Oh, sure, but like... I think the fact that we're watching this... We're talking this. We're talking weeks as opposed to months, which is apparently what happened, if I'm looking at IMDb correctly. Yes. Yes, it was months. But let me ask you this. Like, Zach's making a good point here, Chris. Uh, as I like to think of t movies in these terms, too, especially franchises, especially Back to the Future. 
this movie, these two movies work better when you're watching them weeks apart, not months. This works way better when you're really close to it. Like maybe not the next, maybe not right after, and maybe not the same day, but it's basically the same story pretty much. So the closer you have them together, the better. But so my question really is: let's say this is one story, and we watch it like we did, like weeks apart, just because it's a franchise. But where would you want it? Would okay. you want it in the beginning, All right, or the end? Beginning of this movie. Or the or the next movie or the um, damn guess, it where yeah. are we? <laughs> okay, Chris. Assuming that this movie Revolutions. I'm such an idiot. Come on, Chris. Chris. Assuming that Revolutions is released a week or two after Reloaded released, which is insane. Does we're not even going to think about that. I already am too late. Where to would you have preferred the story of Second Sunrise, Second Renaissance, to actually be at the end? A reloaded or at the beginning of revolutions, assuming that they are like two weeks apart or whatever. Oh my god, is that what we're talking about? So yes, yes, just closer than just weeks instead of months, just weeks instead of months. Which one do you think would be better? The end of the the end of the second or the beginning of the first? The third. Sorry, third base. <laughs> Who's on first? I'm kidding. Keanu uh, Reeves. So yes, that's what I'm asking. Like, if if we're going weeks right now, I think the beginning of the third one works like a whole Schmeagle Lord of the Rings, Return of the King type thing better. I mean, okay, I, so okay, 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 okay. That's how I'm seeing it. If we're talking weeks as opposed to months, yeah. like mere week or two after, I guess in this way that makes more sense to put it at the beginning of the third, but we're not talking Agreed. weeks. Agreed. We're talking Agreed. months. And these, believe it or not, guys, are two movies. They decided to release two movies three instead episodes. of going old school three. and making it a four-hour epic. Three three movies, Chris. We, we got Reloaded, Animatrix. I'm talking about... Animatrix. I'm no, talking I'm not about Reloaded... <laughs> And revolutions. Yeah. Do yeah. you follow me now? No, yes. We're talking this <laughs> okay. months. They released two movies, Reloaded and Revolutions, the- instead of making them one, instead of condensing it all into one story. Okay. So then, if that's what you're doing, I would prefer, in my opinion, in my pea brained opinion, that you put it at the end of the second movie. Okay, Chris. I hear you. I am do. I understood? Yes, you're am understood. I, am I stupid or no. something? Just we, you're just understanding what we're saying, and now we understand what you're saying. No one's saying you're stupid at all. No one ever said that. Okay. What I am is I disagree. Okay. Okay. Why did they we're make not- it a four-hour movie? Why would they want to release it two weeks after the fact? Because For they want to tell an. Because here's the thing, here's like if you look at both the movies and you look at what the stories are, the second movie is we're gonna put we're gonna tell the first movie, but we're gonna put it on its head. But we're gonna set the cards for the third movie, which is the revolution in the Battle of Zion. Now, honestly, to go from the first movie, The Matrix, to the second movie, The Battle of Zion, I think you're missing a middle step here. Honest to God, I really think you are. Okay, okay. Now, in my opinion, if that's the way they wanted to do that. Could you have told the story like where you cut out all the fat of the second movie 
and you just make it clear that like the Oracle tells them to go do this thing. They go do it. And honestly, I have no problem with them going each movie being them going to see the Oracle. She tells them to do something. They figure out something. That's Kung Fu. That's if all three movies were Kung Fu movies, perfect. Fine. I don't care. They can they just convolute that stuff with other world building crap. But if it was just get the key master or something to get you to the source for this one thing, great. He saves Trinity. Great. Finds out there were other iterations that it was the system of control breaks it. That's halfway through the picture. It's the kind of thing that people would look at their watches and be like, we have another hour. But is that too much information to just basically have the highway chase? But because you lose the you lose Smith, who's the real villain of the movie, the negative to him. This stuff needed to breathe. But I also think the stuff they filled it with, the filler, it, it gets drowned in the thematics and doesn't do much for the story. The Merovingian doesn't do anything for the story except he's an obstacle. That's all he is. You, you never even find out what happens to that dude at all. It sucks. I hate it. I, I just, it bothers me so much with what they had to do with. Like, they really did a lot with the people who fought on time, with the kid, with Leek's wife, with the... Uh, the the shooter with her the doing the missiles like she was badass Chara was badass like I loved that stuff I loved the way that they were fighting in the ship and how like Naomi was just the killer pilot all that stuff was amazing all of it I loved it and if that's what you're going to maybe build some more of that up maybe Neo needed to spend more time with in Zion with these people instead of like farting around with the Merovingian if these are the two stories you're telling that Neo does Neo finds purpose that that purpose is control and he needs to break the system and in turn he inspires even more so Smith in that process and the second one being the actual human people of Zion fighting for themselves then that those are two different stories I honestly think they do need that room to breathe and I don't mind that they're a trilogy especially coming from the era and growing up in high school when movies were all doing this um, but I just think what they, I, there are so many more like, yeah, put the history of the robots in there. I'd love to know that stuff. That's better world building that humanizes the robots. Go ahead. Why not to spend more time in Zion? But like if the matrix was going to be destroyed anyway. And all we found was like this pompous, arrogant emperor who was like controlling the black market of the matrix between the programs and the, uh, uh, machine city. And how he just keeps getting in their way because he's just a dick. I, I don't care. I really don't. He just, he's just, it's such a waste. I don't so, mind the movie as long as it is because this movie went real fast for me. It actually did after that like train bullshit happened. So the more I think about it, the more I just feel like they just wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah, a little bit. I, so, I, think, I think Zach's right. I think they just swam in their thematics so much and just thought, I, I really honestly think they're just sucking their own dicks when he's doing the whole cake speech and making that woman like, well, or if they, <laughs> I mean, like, they, they never mind. That's a, I, I'm going to leave that joke on the table. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So like, cause I feel like if you start the movie with second, we start revolutions with second Renaissance, like that just feels like a jarring Unless you do it specifically, it feels like a jarring way to continue the story after the cliffhanger you left off and reloaded. Like, if you don't, like, immediately address that, then somewhere after that intro you stick in Second Renaissance, then... Well, Second Renaissance is only like... Because I did feel... I know it's ten freaking minutes. I watched it, okay? So... 
what I'm saying is like, ah, oh, man. So I guess Neo going into the Oracle, hmm. I feel like you could, when I think about it now, it's like you could cut that out because most of that I, I was like, Neo, I think at this point you pretty much already get like what she's about. Um, so well, you does- really don't need to go in there and set and ask, like, um, you don't need to go in there and ask, like, uh, like Luke and, uh, in Return of the Jedi going to Yoda and he's, he's like, is it true? And all that other stuff. Like you don't, I don't think in this movie you need to do that. Well, the thing is it does. I, they sadly kind of do because like every movie she does give him a mission. He does ask how I was able to like stop machines and all this stuff and go to that train station bullshit. And she goes, because you are connected to the source, you can do anything that, and see anything and attach yourself and do anything involved with anything connected from that source. That's why he can see the machines as programming because he's seeing the programming that makes those machines runs because they all come from the same source. How he, all you have to do is figure out how to answer that question, and I agree. He doesn't need to spend more time in the Matrix anymore. Like he doesn't have to. He can just wake I, up from coma and be in real world stuff, and then fly to the Machine City. And we can get rid of all of that stuff. We don't have to meet the programming family. You could have put that in in the first movie. But like, there's two things about the Oracles that she says: I'm here because I fight for the programs and I fight for humanity, and I believe the machines just need to learn how to do that. And I want peace for everyone. I want the war to be over. And for ne- and for her to look at Neo and say, you're part of the source. Go back to the source. Which is the important thing. That's what he realizes at the end. Everything that has a beginning and the end. What she's saying is, by doing that, she's revealing that whenever Smith... And they do this in the third movie, I think, a little bit late. <clears throat> but she asks, where's the kid? And Smith walks up and he says a line that the kid said earlier, meaning that he can attach himself to the memories. Then he takes the Oracle and he gets powers to see the future. And Neo notices that. And then he says something to Neo. through, And Neo realizes, oh my gosh, Smith takes on the properties of the person that he copies. So because Smith copies Neo and then Neo dies or the machines kill Neo... Therefore, Neo is sent back to the source, which is what his purpose was from the beginning, taking Smith with him, allowing the machines to kill Smith. And the only reason he remembers that is because the Oracle tells him. The other thing that I think is, like, so interesting above everything is, like, we don't necessarily even need to see the visuals the Second Renaissance. What they could do in the best way... Oh! Probably... You know where you could put Second Renaissance? What do you... Where? Yeah, go in ahead. the second movie. Put it right there! Where? Where? When he's talking to the councilman below Zion. Oh, yeah. The where you, you put it where you, right there. Where they, yeah, you could do it there. Um, you could, so, in uh, this movie? I oh, think so. So, okay, so, so do, well, well, hear do, me out here. So I think. That, go ahead. Yeah, the I agree. They, the way they could explain it, they could, they could explain it two ways. Uh, they could explain it in a similar way to how they actually presented us <laughs> Second Renaissance in in Animatrix, which is, we're looking at archival footage from the Zion archives, and what they could have done in the movie is, when Neo is unconscious, his mind is uploaded either, you know, to whatever archive they need to explain as you could say the machine archive, because he's source code, you know, whatever bullshit you want to do, and he sees that archival footage, whatever that footage could be. It could be minor clips of, like, 
back and forth, just kind of showing the 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 thing. And at the end of the day, they could do a quick conversation with the Oracle later, where she's like, some along lines of, "Did you see how it all started?" or something stupid like that. You know what I mean? Here's what I was. Here's the thing that I'm asking myself, and I don't know what the right answer is, but I, I have my own guess where I'm leaning. And the question is, where's the best point to put it in the story? for the audience and what would be that purpose and the purpose is to get you to care about how the machines got to this point so if you put that at the very end of the third movie right there for neo and the audience to hear when neo has already made the decision that he's fighting for the peace for everyone don't know if that's necessarily the best point to put it if that's what you're trying to do but i also don't know if that's the right answer i'm i don't know where the earliest you should put it in this story of these two movies to let you understand that they're not just the villains and that the answer is for everyone to live, including the machines. And one of the most interesting things I remember at when the when Neo wins and the war is over and the squid jump up and then swim above everyone after they realize that the war is over, you hear a you hear those squids go, Wee! <laughs> you hear a wee the same way you hear bowling pins and dominoes in the fight in the second movie. Uh, with the Smith and Neo. Like, they add that effect to make it look like these machines didn't want to really fight in the first place. Like, they have their own sentience, too, just like the programs. The programs of these squids don't really want to do this, even though they're being told to do it. Like, maybe that's an option. Maybe there are machines out there that don't want to kill humans. That's stuff you can explore in the fourth movie. What point in this story do you let the audience know that humans pushed machines to a point where they lacked any soul within themselves when it came to this war? When did they go too far and they lose their humanity? Because humanity lost theirs a long time ago, well before they scorched the earth. And then they had to scramble over time until machines started using them like batteries and using them as crops the way that we use machines now. So like... Is there a peace that can be found with the sentient life? Can it be changed over time and learned that but, but both programs and humans just want peace now? Are the machines always going to be the bad guy or eventually can they change? Like, what point in the story do you put that there? Maybe you're right because that would be interesting. I'm looking at the moment right now in the movie where the machine is popping up with his spiky punk hairdo in front of Neo <laughs> in the machine world. And yeah, maybe this would be a good time, but like... What would, how would you organically put that into the situation? Like, Neo is there to give himself and make this deal. And the machines, they just need to be convinced. They don't need to convince Neo to fight for their peace. He's already there to do that. He's got to convince them that, he need, that they need him. So, yeah, maybe he's walking up and he sees the history because he never knew and Morpheus didn't tell him everything and we've never seen the perspective of the machines. But also, he has no eyes. So I guess it'd have to be like an audio file, maybe. Yeah, I don't know where where to put something organically in the story is the point. So like, that's I guess they felt like it would slow the movie down because I'm not saying in terms of using exactly what Second Renaissance is all the violence and stuff and horrific. No, nature. no, it's 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 but, exuberantly violent to be violent. I think that they could have done it as a lore dump somewhere, and it would have been a little bit better, or even a, a slight clip of like whatever you know. Of whatever they got to do. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I... I think it can be used purposely to humanize these robots. But, like, do, the next question at all of that is, and the only reason we're asking here in the first place is, is that more interesting than what we got? 
do you think, Chris, that it would be more interesting if we heard the history of the machine side of the war at all instead of what we got? What we got in Revolutions? In both movies. I don't know. Once I understood like what the architect is actually saying in the second movie, I kind of like was okay with it, but just like the way it was handled was like Okay, cool, whatever. Um, like, why would you? Why would you do it like this? Um, so, hold on, I can't think right now. Um, ah, God. The most organically I can think of to put it is with the talk with the architect. That's all I'm saying. That's where. That's where it makes no sense for me. No, but I think that's I think that's better than the ending. I think uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to be like. But I mean, it's not. You, you could cover it in two sentences. Yeah, the architect could be like, "We fought. You humans did this. You humans did this. That's how we learned about you. We fought on our side." Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. He's he's saying a bunch of crap. There's no wrong, There's no reason why he can't just explain what happened from their side. Absolutely, like there is nothing wrong with that. But also. I, I, the way that I like it in my head when I think about it is like showing it, like actually showing images of it. But also he could do that on the TV. Sure. He could, instead of showing stuff of Neil, he could be showing e- the events themselves unfold on those TVs for sure. Right. That's. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. That is fair. So, Yeah. Anyway, you're um, wrong. You're stupid. And uh, come yeah. on, man. You just convinced me. So I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, the, that tangent over. We can actually listen. OK, to answer your question, I thought it was pretty I thought it was pretty good. I would think actually I've been thinking about it all week. I can't get it out of my head because it gave me flashbacks to when I first saw Neon Genesis Evangelion, honestly. Um, but what, when did you watch it this week? I watched, I watched it when you told me to watch it. Like I just sat down and watched it. Nice. So, I had to push it to the last second now, and I feel really bad because I really want to watch it again. Um, and I will. I, I honestly like. I, I'm like you. This has been backwards. We have a backwards episode, ladies and gentlemen. Chris has done. Chris and I have gone different routes. Uh, I just finished the movie right before it, having not watched it all week. The exact opposite of what I did last week. And I I, I just, unlike last week, I think all of the stuff that doesn't involve the fight in Zion, I think I got right off the bat. I don't need any work with it. <laughs> I don't need a second draft. Um, the second movie, there's a lot of thematics in there that I really enjoyed a second glance at. A lot of stuff that I, every line had something to unpack. This line, this time, I just didn't care. Like I got it. Programs, programs are free and they can go from world to world. Like Neo can do something magical and so can Smith. Like at the end of the day, like Zion needs to fight for themselves and Neo needs to fight for everyone. Like let's just get to that. Like I'm all about that. So I, the thematics of the second one, I enjoy way more than the rehashing of any of those in this movie. So, like, I think the, the real definition of it is 
in the second movie, you listen to the Merovingian speech, and it's useless, but it's also wonderful. He says great lines, and it's a great performance, and he's swimming in it, and he's having a good time. In this movie, he says the exact same speech, but he says it just like it's normal, like he's another thug in any other movie. And it seems useless because it is useless. You don't need it. You, you already went through this. You don't have to. Let's get let's get on with the show. You don't have to sit here and be like, but what is your purpose? Oh, yes, yes, I know that's your purpose. But what is the why? And then they just put a gun to his head, and you're like, oh, God. Can we just get get through this? Um, I, I, I don't know if I would change my thought if I had spent a few more days thinking about this. I think that's like, pretty solid. I think that's concrete for me. I think all yeah. the meat in this is like how great the war is, how great the battles are. Right. How, like I am interested. Like watching the fight between Smith and Neo is really fun. With the rain going everywhere, the actual kung fu in that one building they put off. It's a, it's it's a good fight. I I do love it all. I love the moment where they go up in the sky with him and uh, Trinity. Uh, there, there's a lot to love about the second, the middle, and the ending of this movie. But the beginning, uh, the first 20 minutes, I just could do without. I think if it had a better action scene, if the train man wasn't just this grody old homeless dude, I'd be all for it. Yeah, you I mean, probably be more you, you mean, you, what you mean by grody old, old dude is, you, you mean Bill Spence, right? That's the actor? Yeah. Yeah, that, he may be a very kind gentleman who cleans himself up and has very nice family photos, but um, the character of the train man is a grody old dude who does not have a bathroom nearby. I can tell you that much. He doesn't shower. He does not shower. How he got into that club later on, I don't know. He's running the train. I honestly didn't, like, I didn't really mind the beginning. Like, I was like, okay, this is an, this for me, it just felt like a natural, okay, that's where, that's where you go. Like, like, they, that's how the, you're continuing off where the first movie, where the second movie ended, previous movie had ended. So, to me, it just made sense that, however jarringly edited it was, it was it felt like it was edited like it was, like um, like it was like just like, like if um, the second movie had ended. Like this, for the beginning of this movie was felt edited. Um, like it, it just kept going. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, like they just they cut. They would just cut from the um the cliffhanger to the beginning of this movie. Like that's how it felt like it was. It was edited, and I was like pretty like um that I was like whoa okay that. That was that was a bit jarring, and I had to even after a week, I had to readjust. Um, I was like, okay, I, I, so like I get it, but was that really like the best like editing way? I don't know. Uh, other than that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is what to do. Like, this is what I guess that's if you're going to do a cliffhanger like that, that's the route they chose to go, and you know they didn't let any time I guess pass because they they set it up to where you couldn't really so yeah um huh oh god i'll watch that uh, again so the, 
Yeah, I guess, I guess it was just to me. It was just it was just felt like really edited because like I don't th- what I'm thinking when, when I'm comparing this to is like when not probably not the best example, but like when Pirates of the Caribbean did it between Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. Like it's a staple for you. Yeah. So like that, like that series that I'm starting to now realize how like that cliffhanger has had an effect on you. Yeah. So like when the second movie ends, when Dead Man's Chest ends, time passes, then we get to the start of the next one, which is, and then it kind of just picks up like that. It begins like an actual movie. Um, and then with this movie, uh, Reloaded ends, and then months pass, and then this movie comes out, and then it's just like, go! <laughs> um, so that was quite jarring for me. Uh, other than that, I uh, was like, yeah, I guess that's how you, guess that's how you have to do it, because that's how you set it up. Um, I, I do, that's another interesting thing, like, if, if I want to do so I have to go back to the Pirates, the third and second movies. There's a lot of things I remember, but the stories are lost on me. Um, uh, I, when it comes to this, and there's so much I want to take out of it, and so much I would want to leave in, one of those things that really grabs you that I guess grabbed a lot of people, even me at the time, is the cliffhanger. So how would I make a cliffhanger that works if I'd want to take like the Bane thing out? How would Smith be able to work a cliffhanger except... I would say, fuck the Oracle in the third movie. Have Smith end end with taking over the Oracle in the third movie. No, as, as the architect is telling uh, Neo, "What's up?" No, like, here's my thing. Why not start the third movie with Smith taking the Oracle? I mean, sure. It just it just implies that he's starting to take over more and more people by the end of the movie. But if I want to have a cliffhanger and take Bane out entirely and have Smith still be an enemy worth being afraid of, it would be that. I don't care that ah. like losing his eyes doesn't do anything. And just because he like he doesn't he kills one person on the other ship, he doesn't really hinder the other ship at all. They still have plenty of people to fire guns and fly the ship. So that doesn't do anything. He he doesn't even like stop Trinity. It would make way more sense if he killed Trinity then. Then it would be more interesting. Then he would have more of a reason to like want to fight outside of blinding him so that he could still see the machine world anyway. Like Bane doesn't do anything. Uh, unless he killed Trinity, I'd say don't keep him. But if Wait a you want to have a cliffhanger, what's up? Hold on. Let me hold on. I just had a thought. And you're gonna have to talk me off this cliff because dun, dun, dun. So you said earlier that when, like, so Smith had taken over Neo, and then, um, then that caused Smith to explode. Like that caused Smith to explode. So I'm talking practically, like, like within the. Like the scientific limitations of this, how this all works, which is rocket science. If no, but then Bane. Oh no 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 no. Okay, I see how they did it. I see how they did it. Okay, so I, what I was thinking was, why didn't Bane's death trigger the same effect? Then I remember Smith jacked out of the Matrix 
as Bane, that's how he became, that's how he got into his consciousness. So, <laughs> I just did a whole lot of mental gymnastics for nothing. I thought I had to talk, talk out of a cliff. And I had oh, to re- this movie does the work, okay? This movie yeah, does I, the work. The, the stuff is here. The stuff is there. It's just whether it's needed or not. Like, right. And the stuff that works does work. Like, the, the, uh, In every single movie, the Oracle tells Neo that he has to do something. And in every single movie, Neo pretty much does 90% of the, what she says and then realizes the last 10% is a decision he has to make. In every single movie, it's the same thing. She tells him he has to say, he has to decide between himself and Morpheus. But because he chooses Morpheus, he gets to save everyone in this, in, and be the one at the same day. In the second movie, it's you got to make a choice between Trinity or living or dying. But really, he's choosing between following a system or following his heart and being a, an individual. And in the third movie, she's like, you, you have to go back to the source and you have to fight Smith. And you have to stop him somehow for the peace of humanity. And he feels like he has to die. But what she's really saying is, you come from the source. If you allow him to be, he is your equal. Something happened when you came together with him. And he's your negative side. He wants the same thing as you. So if you bring everything together, you, him, and the source. And then you allow everything to be one. And for the robots to kill you, put you back where you need to be. Then that's peace for everyone. And that's a decision that he has to make in the moment when he realizes that Smith has taken over the Oracle and can't have that happen. It's all like Kung Fu stuff. And I, that's bare bones. That is there. That's why a lot of the stuff you can trim that's up. The a, side like. That's a lot of hoops. That's a lot of mental gymnastics, honestly. It is, but at the same time, that's the whole point. Like the Oracle gives, the Oracle, if we are Neo from the first movie, She's saying this stuff to the audience, which is why I think the second movie is so much more fun to chew. It's so much more fun to think about what she's saying. When they're sitting on the bench and talking about stuff, like the first time I watched it, I was like, "That's I don't get any of this. And the last time we watched it for the show, I was like, I get all of this. Like, I get everything now. Like, this makes more sense to me. Every single line has a reason. But in this movie, every single line has a reason from the beginning and everything, but it's just not as good. And it's all a rehash until uh, Zion starts fighting. And then you see people go to Gatlin guns and you see people get into the machines and you see that how whole, they the city. It's amazing. That whole dock battle was awesome. I will say, I will say. It's fantastic. I mean, the one thing I would say that's really corny, this movie is corny at times. Like yeah, one is. of my <laughs> corny moments is when Trinity is dying and like, you know that she's dying. And then the Neo's like, what happened? And then the camera pans away and she's got like eight rubbery bar- rebarbs in her and they're just shaking as she moves. And you're like, this is silly. But one of my favorite things is during the battle, every single character that gets a character moment, which is great. Um, says, a says, a quit when they do their firing shot, the woman who does the bombs, the Link's wife, the kid, the guy, the guy that the kid takes a robot from, like every single person has a thing that they say. By the time the kid's like, Neo, I believe, I'm like, shut up and just fire. Quick <laughs> <laughs> suck. Just go, fire, do it now. I was so into it, but I was like, stop. You're like, you're having your cake and you're eating it too, which asks He's like, right. you get it. It's all badass. Just let's go. Um, but it is on par with the end of the first and the second one. Like, it is awesome. I love it. It's so sci-fi. It's so epic. It's the best. Um, yeah, that whole... Oh, man. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that whole battle scene was uh was actually pretty awesome. And uh I'm I appreciate it much more now. It was like especially with the whole chase with uh with Niobe just flying through the pipes and the, oh my gosh, okay, that was pretty good. The funny th- and then there was the speaking of corny, they there was um Ghost, his character, he's just hand, like and, like the way I looked at it was this whole game, or this whole movie is a video game, I think. Okay. And then the Matrix itself is a video game. That's why I accepted the Neo and uh, Smith fight at the end. Like, it's a video game. Because, like, that that whole line of thinking, Alex, that you introduced in the first, when we did the first movie, has changed my perception of this whole, of these sequels. Now. It's a video game. So, of course, yeah. it's gonna, this, it's gonna, it's gonna be like this. Or it shouldn't come as a surprise. Um, but people didn't like it because it was special effects heavy, which I get, but you know. Anyway, um, I can't like the rooftop at the beginning of the first. <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, but no, I, I actually think I thought I would hate the, the effects more in this third fight but i actually think they work better and maybe it's because there's you know clouds and a storm going on hiding a lot of the cgi but there was that there was that slow-mo at towards the end there was the neo and the the slow the slow-mo punch to smith's face i'm like okay why that's the one that's the one that kind of was just like okay um i appreciate you but no i bet like that that one shot out of the whole thing was the one where I was like, okay, maybe not this one. Maybe not that far. one. Maybe a bit too far. Yeah, a little too far. Uh, but then you have moments like the ship going above the clouds, which is just gorgeous. Oh, I wish that I wish that lasted like two beats longer. Like, uh I love it. It's so nice. That's, that's pretty good. Um, uh, and then one of my favorite I think my favorite line of the whole series is when smith uh, is so scared of neo at the end he's like what did you do is this a trick uh, and then he's like he replicates him and he's like is it over <laughs> is, is, is it over <laughs> it's so the there's so many emotions going on in his head it's so funny yeah. but it's my For favorite a program yeah uh and I just love it. And like, maybe there's a, like knowing how Hugo Weaving can be re- weird about roles. There's a part of me that's like, is he thinking about just the series in general? <laughs> no, 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 no. What? Okay. Also, one thing that I will say: all those Agent Smiths walking into the room with Seraph and uh, uh, and the kid with the little and the kid, yeah. And just see, I was like, oh my god, that is a. I just realized how unsettling that actually looks. And I think they improved. Between this movie and that, between uh, Reloaded and this movie, agreed. And that is like, a great scene. That is genuinely unsettling seeing all those Smiths in there. Hugo Weaving is awesome. Yes, I want him in more stuff. Too bad he's weird about roles. He yeah, is weird, weird about roles. He is weird about roles, much like uh, Zach Efron. Um, so uh, Zach, how do you feel about the movie? Um, we're talking about revolutions, not Second Renaissance. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, as a third movie, it's fun. 
but it is so heavy-handed with its themes that it makes me sick. <laughs> it's just like I get it, and I and I just want to say it over and over and over again. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get what you're trying to do, and it, and I'm all for it. I don't need more. <laughs> I don't need to think about every little detail that you're obviously doing. It's great for like talking about it later. Don't get me wrong. It is great. But it just at times it's just a lot for me to take in. Especially in this movie, like like you said, you know, the, the beginning of it is just awful, even though it has one of my favorite B B movie actors in it ever. <laughs> Playing a homeless dude who probably pisses himself all day long. Um Stay the hell away from me. Bruce Spence. Uh, um Chris, if you've never seen like Bruce Spence's like random all kinds of nonsense, he's in like everything. <laughs> I was gonna say I've I've probably seen at least one movie he's in. Uh, you've probably seen multiple movies that he's in, by the way. Oh boy, he's uh, typing. I can hear him typing. Well, uh he he was in Star Wars. Actually, multiple Star Wars, I believe. Um Oh really? Who? He was Tion Menden in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, him! He yeah, was, yeah, yeah, that he guy. Was also <laughs> in. He was also in Chris, 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 Chris. Alex, I knew you'd make that joke. I knew you'd make that joke. He's the guy that um. You've seen his posters all over the walls in my tree. <laughs> he's the guy who play who plays the alien that obi-wan meets when he first gets to Utapau. yeah uh he plays the mouth of sauron in return of the king <laughs> oh so he's a voice actor he played lord roop in voyage of the dawn treader he was in dead man tell no tales he was in gods of egypt he was in i frankenstein never seen he was in Mad Max Thunderdome and Mad Max 2. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got... No, yes, I do know that guy. No, you know who, who I'm talking about. Uh, the thing I know him for the most was he was in Legend of the Seeker, and that show was terrible, but I wanted it to be My terrible. mom watched that show! He played the main wizard in it, and I wanted it, I wanted that show to be so much better than it ended up being, and I was so sad. It's not good. I just want to point this out. <laughs> you know that title. It it's it's not good. Um, it sucks we'll watch because it immediately before Avatar. It sucks because the actors in that movie are all pretty great. Like, there's a John Wick actress in this movie in that that show. Um, and then they also have um, Craig Horner who just kind of does shit <laughs> hey now you're an all-star i know <laughs> um and then and then bruce spence is like in it and he's like the best actor in it and it's not saying much because bruce spence plays two bit roles in sci-fi movies <laughs> sci-fi okay. fantasy movies so hashtag back to willow i'm gonna say back to willow. Back to willow. i'm gonna say two i'm gonna say two questions here so zach brought up a good point with the themes I, I personally think that despite the themes are as heavy-handed as they are, that is not my problem with them. 
my problem is more with the world building, like werewolves and Persephone and and the Merovingian stuff. Like you can those you can still have yeah, that was the thing. Want, those characters I don't need. No, here's the thing. Another thing that I realized: the Wachowskis are into some kinky grinding. Yeah. Who is it? I wonder what their I wonder what their Tuesdays look like. Probably as grindy as their Thursdays. <laughs> I was just like between the Zion thing and then and then the the Daft Punk like uh, the really. Jig Club. I wouldn't like, say it's a Daft kind of club. Or what, like, yeah, something they, like that. If we'll play Daft Punk music, I will give you that. But the Daft Punk themselves would be would probably be like, we're robots. We aren't really fitting in here. I mean, they were all technically, but never mind. Um, so, yeah, like I, I was realizing that I was like, they are into some weird stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, goth and they I just mean, couldn't hey, keep it to themselves, could they? <laughs> hey, man, they like Underworld just run with that shit. So, <laughs> they, yeah, they may have started Underworld. Underworld really went harder on that. <laughs> Um, and I would say, uh, I, I've, I, I like the themes in, I like themes in my action movies now. See, seeing yeah. that stuff in movies, it makes coming back to them a lot more fun and thinking about them. I gotta be, I gotta be honest, I've really enjoyed this series for three solid movies. To go from the first movie just being a, like a solid action movie with great special effects and some ideas to it. For the second movie being like a meaty, juicy kind of dis, dis, um, dissertation on itself. Not sorry, like distra- I, uh, deconstruction, yeah, of itself. And <laughs> the third movie being like this out-and-out war movie with uh, like just like fatty parts of nothing to it. But all and out by the end, I appreciate it as a trilogy. I like it, and I think yeah. I, I've enjoyed it week by week. Um, yeah, lessons uh, could be learned in a good way from this trilogy, and uh, yeah, um, like good I, lessons could be taken away from this. I, I I really did like the whole like um, journey overall. Yeah, the whole the whole the whole journey overall. Like um, like honestly, this is gonna show you how really like um, oblivious I am, but like. I didn't realize it. The pieces, like I didn't realize how heavy-handed the whole Messiah complex this movie had until like halfway through the Smith Neo fight. I was like, then the, that's when the gears started to click. I'm like, oh, oh, wow, okay. It's like somebody like smashed a pie in your face, and it took you like ten minutes to realize that somebody smashed a pie in your face. <laughs> that's what. That's what that moment felt like. Yeah, I like. Uh, there's some more imagery I noticed this time around, especially like when uh, Smith punches Neo, and the and the big like rain ball happens, and Neo starts falling, and then it cuts from this like uh, image looking up at uh, Smith, and you see lightning strike, and it forms a pair of wings behind him, like dark. No, wings. no, I thought that angel of death. Now that I think about it. Now that I think about it, that kind of reminded me of something that would like show up in Scott Pilgrim or something. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But also, he had wings. Total anime. Total anime. Oh, Straight total up. Anime. 
Straight totally. up. Like, yeah, Dragon Ball Z for sure. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I thought it was all grandiose and fun and ambitious. Like, the key word to this series is ambitious. Again, this was yeah. the, let's see, uh, this was the second, third, and fourth film made by these two siblings. Like, they just, this is, I, I can't understate how uh, ambitious and amazing this is and how well they did it. And they may have made some mistakes that are obvious down, but at the end of the day, they nailed it. Like, they they totally got, I think they totally got what they wanted to say through, which in a movie this that has this much stuff to it, like special effects and this many characters filled with this minority um, and marginalized kind of people getting chances in stories, like, uh, there's so many black actors in here. There's so many people getting stories and shots that they don't need to. I, I, I really say, love like, it. Here's one thing that I that I was like, where are all the Europeans? Like, nobody had an accent. Like that, except for like, except for like the Merovingian or the architect. But like, nobody in Zion had like accents. I was like, that's really strange. No, they <laughs> it's like almost- America was the last surviving country. I do think that is crazy that it's all just sort of become this cave American talk. But um, yeah, there isn't really there isn't really any sort of section that's like, hey, we are the French section and we are just totally not in this battle. You know, like there's so many there's no there's nobody standing alone like the Germans and we're not going to do this. We're peaceful or something like there's nobody standing alone as a different society. But I think that's the whole point that humans have been driven to the point that like we're all human now. It doesn't matter. Like, and I, I, and then I also think just as a story, like as a filmmaking standpoint, by making them, maybe, maybe that makes it simpler for other countries to be able to like film it there or to dub it there. Like in America, they're all American because it's an American film. But when they dub it in another country, all of them have the same sort of accent, like that country's accent, I would assume. Uh, that brings me to my last question. Uh, what country do you think the next movie is going to be set in? I mean, what do you think the next movie is going to be about? I, I, so I am going to cover it. Look, oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Um, my biggest fear and biggest expectation is that it will be the exact same thing. What do you um, mean? Whereas, like, war between humans and the machines is going to happen again, and we got to stop it or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Or, like, like they'd have to introduce, like, something new. And I think the Wachowskis are at least smart enough to realize that. Like. Wachowski, there's only one of them this time. Oh, the other one opted out? Of the Which, last- one? Which one? Uh, I think Matrix Four is just Lana. Oh, of directing, yes. Um. Well, are they both writing it? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, Matrix Four is directed by Lana Wachowski, produced by Lana Wachowski, and Grant Hill, screenplay by Lana Wachowski, Alexander Herman, and David Mitchell. So just one okay, so I think Lana Wachowski is well, maybe Li- maybe Lily's just got like a producer credit somewhere. I don't think Lily has anything to do with this movie. I'm not gonna lie. She got yeah. sick of the allegories. 
Seems like it. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know what's up with them these days. I didn't want to do too much research because I didn't want to be spoiled on the next movie. Um, I'm really excited about watching it now, what it could be, and I think speculating is just a lot more fun right now, especially since we're not like, we don't even, we're not even close to any information, really. Um, no, we have not. For the pictures that we've seen, so I think um, uh, they do, so I, I'm trying to think about what are, what has happened. So, like, the humans and the robots are not fighting anymore. There is a piece. There may be some desurgence and stuff, but, like, what I want to see in the next movie is I want to see identity within the robots. I want to see uh, programs and robots banding together to either fight for peace or fight with humans uh, and not just be individualists on their own. I just want to I see I want to see personalities within robots and uh, programs. Guys, I got it. What? Aliens. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not. No, not just aliens. The aliens, as in the ones from Independence uh, Day. Da, da. Wait, those are the aliens to you, not the aliens from the movie Aliens? No, not Xenomorphs. I'm talking about the aliens from Independence Day. Okay. I think this is too obsessed with Independence Day. I mean, is uh, that a problem? Yes. No. I, well, for- I'd like to point out here, Chris, that in your, your, your movie franchise that you like, only one of them's good. In the Alien franchise, there's like Three of them, they're good. What if? What? What if, like... It's got four movies, it's got more odds. Yeah, it's got five movies in it, and only three of them are good. <laughs> what if, like... Just more. Here's the funny... Okay, so here's the, here's the thought. What if Neo somehow is twisted into the antagonist? Um. So, like, okay, hear me out. So, like, he's... Somehow, like, somehow he's, okay, so somehow he's come back. Mm-hmm. As the Oracle had said, maybe we'll see him one day. Okay, so I'm not dumb. That happened at the end of the movie. Yeah. You can look it up. So. I still don't believe you. Don't believe you. Look, look at the freaking end of the freaking, freaking, freaking movie. I will do it. I will Freaking freaking movie? So. Okay, go I think, like, actually, the more I think about it, the more it would just be, like, nonsense, but they're making well, a sequel, so it's probably going to be nonsense. But, like, what I'm thinking is, why not? What I'm thinking is, like, Neo kind of falls into that architect role where he kind of, like, tries to balance the equation, Ooh. and everyone's, like, the, the, the equation is unbalanced again, and now, like, um, Neo's got to balance it, but that wouldn't be in the best interest of anybody. But since he's like, um, pretty much a program at this point, I guess that's the only way you would, could bring him back, unless the machines did something with his body, or like the machines manipulated his body. To ser- Stop typing. Um, it, doesn't like, it doesn't sound like you're typing. It sounds like you're just wiping your fingers over the keyboard. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Oh my god, what the hell is this doing that for? Yeah, I don't know, Chris. This is, this is, uh, is great A audio. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is what I think. Um, I think it would be interesting if, let's say, um, in the next movies, they did like a Ready Player One type idea where like they followed the video game mentality and now people can go get... I love it if in the new version of the Matrix, 
if people want to be free, they allow them to be free. And then people who stay in the matrix can stay in the matrix, but everyone is allowed their own element. It's kind of like Looper, where people get like some people have TK and they can spin coins to like get dates, but other people have TK and can like blow people up with their minds. Like there there are other there are like different people of the one, the kid that could bend spoons or the people that like move the toy blocks with their hands. And they can mod their own body. And somebody can like turn into Neo and like mod himself into Neo, and like somebody else can mod themselves into Carrie Ann Moss if they want to whenever they go in the Matrix. And like that seems like an interesting idea to me. Like, what if there's a one new one that's happened because like it just happens with the new iteration? And like, um, I, by the way, don't yawn into the mic, it's terrible audio. <laughs> but so, Sorry. If the, what was that? If, if the God, new you're one. just a saboteur. Yeah. You really are. You really <laughs> are. You're just counterintuitive to the whole experience. I don't know how I feel about it, but mostly bad. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I think it would be interesting if there was a new one and he got like, he used his powers for bad. Like, not necessarily in a Smith way, but like, he just was only for himself in a way that could benefit himself. But like, they've already done the guy who wants to burn everything down villainy. So I'm not sure what the new villain would be. Outside of just war stuff, like some robots wanting dissent and some humans wanting dissent as well. So I've got this weird feeling about what this. <laughs> That Lana Wachowski is going to back out and Zack Snyder is going to step in? Yes. Um, but uh, I'm getting this feeling like we're trying to assume that this that this story is still very much tied to the original trilogy. Of the course. The Matrix 4, dude. Well, that's the name, but... Dude, of course... No, you gotta be more specific than that. That's I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was about to say, like, the original trilogy of Star Wars? <laughs> I think that Matrix 4 is probably a new iteration of the Matrix where the... where, the, where Neo quote-unquote, in quotations, is the new one, and that the one will always, in whatever movies they choose to do, the one will always be played by Keanu Reeves, and the person that he has to choose between love and humanity is always played by Carrie Ann Moss. Um, That's, again, that was not that was an that was an iteration. Like his love was a one singular thing that happened with him. It differentiated himself from the other iterations. That's why they were able to do it. His, the Oracle knew that he had the possibility of fighting for his individuality over the system because of her. It doesn't mean it's going to happen every time. Yeah, and here's the thing too. Like, yeah, Neo. We also we also don't we also don't necessarily know what Carrie Ann if Carrie Ann Moss is actually playing Trinity and if Keanu is actually playing Neo. That's why I like the idea of Moss. That's what I'm getting at. We don't like. The only guarantee we know is that Lambert Wilson is playing the Merovingian because that character is perpetuated through every single iteration of the Matrix, guaranteed. Like, um, but my thing is like, I'm trying to think of like, okay, what could what like, 
what is it like a new thing they could do? Because I feel like the six iterate if the, there are six iterations of Neo, the sixth one chose a different path, therefore rewrote the equation. So I feel like there'd be a new equation. Yeah, so, what is, so what does that mean for the seventh iteration? Then? Well, no, well they, there the, would be no seventh iteration because that would mean there the, there would be the be? equation would continue. Would there be? No. You have to think about the reason of the equation in the first place, which is Neo's purpose was two things. A, his existence was always going to occur. He was, there's always one individual who desires freedom more than anyone else and is able to do anything he wants in the Matrix. And it's because of those powers he gets them from the source. Computers can't control him. He's a free mind. He's an individual human being. But they create a system of control by allowing to prepare themselves for that and forcing a choice on him. And hopefully that choice is driven by his love for humanity and not his own selfish needs in their minds. So, like, it doesn't mean necessarily that that's going to happen next time because the reason they did it for the machines was so that they can control the decisions of the one within the Matrix so that they win. They're trying to make an immediate checkmate the moment that person has to decide and forcing him to go to the source and rewrite the matrix. But this time, that's the, there's no war. If an iteration has existed, and what's the point of the machines to create a systematic uh, choice for him to make? They can't. There's no reason. They have to, like, what is the reason for that? iteration to exist is he just existing now because the matrix exists because that's what he was going to do in the first place but how are the robots going to like form control against them how can they get the upper hand again if that is in fact what they want and that is where i think a lot of the drama to the movie could come from is what is that control that they're choosing how aggressive is it how not aggressive is it and if it is too aggressive who's going to stop it at the end of the day that's keanu reeves whether that's you know, where, whether he's playing truly the Neo or he's playing a mod or or he's playing a different version of the one or whatever the instance is, that's where I think the story of the Matrix 4 is going to come. I'm just afraid that, like, whatever they do, I'm not going to like it. How come? Because, like, to me, this <laughs> trilogy is complete. You know, like, I don't, me personally, I don't, need to see another human-machine war. Like, it's done. Too late, Chris. Matrix would Online you, already did it. Uh, would, you, would you see another Bumblebee? Um, uh, uh, I would say I agree. This is a very nice bow. I do think, having watched this and analyzed it um, closely in each film, I think this is a nice conclusion. Because even though there are things that I think are it dwells on that doesn't need to the things that that are there that i love are so worth it and are so great and i think a good conclusion to what it just offers so much you see the first movie and it's this tight little action movie with all these special effects and you're like where can they take this and these two movies are so big and so grandiose and have two different goals one's like a, a special effects extravaganza within the matrix and the other one is a special effects extravaganza outside of it and I, it, there's so much to it. It's so great. Um, I want to see more. I don't necessarily know if I would if I needed Neo and Trinity to come back, but it, if they are fine, I just want stories with other people. I do like this place. And now that things are different and special effects are better and the internet is different and identity within social media is different, those 
and like I, I, there's so many things that are being accepted and niche and weird i i'm interested to see what they think the matrix is going to be nowadays so whether i like it or not i am interested to see where they go with it like jupiter ascending is a beautiful movie that is also basically the plot of the matrix so <laughs> I, <laughs> I i mean they haven't really escaped that world and it is a story they want to keep telling so why not just go back to the world and do it but my guess is like it's going to be bonkers and it's going to look beautiful and i'm all about that they make good sci-fi that down the line i think has more to it than i gave it credit for i haven't seen cloud atlas and i never saw um sensate uh, all the way to the end and i'm starting to appreciate their work a little bit more um it just needed time i needed appreciation i need to the be able to see movies differently to see what works and what doesn't like there's a lot here that doesn't but there's so much here that's fun to look at and positive ways and in negative ways and just interesting ways and as a trilogy yeah chris i agree it's tight that is a drum by the end of the day it doesn't need to go further but maybe maybe it could maybe we'll get another indiana jones who, who knows yeah yeah um great one more thing i the one more okay. thing i do like this soundtrack better than the other two interesting the horse falls oh yeah to me it kind of it really I, you okay? okay. <laughs> See, there we go. That's what I was getting to. Uh, yeah, good. Um, it kind of reminded me of like, kind of like a. It was like the like the Matrix soundtrack, but like, like it sounded like like a hint of my personal favorite composer Hans Zimmer. Like I, I, I caught a sniff of him in this in this soundtrack, and I liked it. Well, when Zimmer smells like on... Zimmer. When Zimmer's on fire, he's on fire. I still think that Man of Steel is just... Oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. Um, so I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so grades. B plus? Listen, this movie is not the last one. This is more... This... The, the out the like the the symbolism of the allegory is all there. It's right in your face. You like it like if they um you know um like it's all there. It's much more there than the last movie. Like the last movie was confusing with the comic. Oh, okay, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, other than that, it tied it up nice, nicely enough. Like it's a it's a it's a good end to a trilogy that started off as groundbreaking and now we are just it's now it's just good like it's just fine. Okay, okay. Alex, I I could see myself down the line going a little bit lower in the scale, like like chords on a guitar, like just stepping down a few steps. But I think right now what I'd like to sit this at is. The Matrix for me is still an A+. Um, I think Reloaded is better than this. Um, I think the the fat that's on that's in that movie is more fun to chew than the fat that's in this movie. This just feels greasy and like you just kind of have to swallow it. 
Um, but the, the things that both of these movies do well are so good. I just think the second movie is more interesting. It, it sets up that um, cliffhanger. It gives you the twist that there's been other iterations. There's more interesting ideas in there, I think, to unpack. It's a deconstruction of the first movie. It opens the world in a lot of fun ways and also a lot of bad ways. But I, I think this movie, Revolutions, I, I don't like the fact that's on it more. I think the beginning is pretty weak. I think the Bane stuff is just... It, it, takes up too, it takes up too much time. There's so much good stuff in it uh, that I love. I love the fight for Zion. I really do appreciate the end battle between him and Smith. Uh, I think it's better than the fight from before. I get the ending now. I understand what happened now. Uh, I understand the goals of everything, but I don't care. All that stuff is already solved for me, and I just don't care about it. And I want to see Zion fight for itself, and I want to see Neo fight for Smith. That's all this movie is for me, is the fight for Zion and Neo fighting Smith. That's it. I don't care about anything else. Like I do care about him and Trinity and Trinity dying. That does suck. Um, and I think Carrie Ann Moss is really great in this movie. But uh, I, I, that's all this, those two movies is. Reloaded is a beginning and a middle of end. It really does set up the pieces for the next movie really well, but it is, it, as, as a whole that's supposed to set up another movie, I think it works better as an arc than this one does. Um, this one just kind of feels like the end of everything. And maybe I, this is a, like a more complete story in that they, like, the, end, the beginning is more confusing and the ending is an ending rather than the last movie being a beginning and then having a cliffhanger for an ending. But I do think it's more fun uh, throughout than this movie is. Uh, so I'm probably going to go A- minus on Reloaded and B- plus for this. A+, plus first movie, Reloaded, A-, minus. this is a B+. Plus. Great trilogy. Very, I, like, I don't, I, I think it, I think people are really harsh on the special effects. Like, it's understandable, like, the meanings could all get, like, um, mis like misunderstood or missed entirely, which is apparently what happened. But with the with the critical consensus and to a lesser extent the uh, court of public opinion, but um, I don't think it's a thirty five percent. You know, God, God no, or even maybe a sixty. No. This is at least, this is above average. This yeah. isn't an average film. That entire battle for Zion in the middle is so fantastic. It's, it's so good for like yeah. the, like for those directors, for the time it happened, it's as interesting as any battle that happens in Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or in anything in Braveheart. It's Ooh. like so many middle stories, like, I'm not saying they're at the quality in terms of technical aspects, but entertaining, absolutely. Like, they set up a lot of these characters in the second movie, so you already know who they are. But then they have other people that come in for no reason. Like, they just set up the kid a little bit, but his arc is great. Link's wife just deciding that I'm going to make sure that, like, I'm there fighting for a place for my husband to come home to. The, the badass person that she's shooting rockets with, Chara, like, I loved her. I thought she was great. Like Naomi kicking ass as a pilot, the other the other captain just like letting her fly the ship and like flipping the entire time about how awesome she is as a pilot. I loved it. I loved all of it. 
I thought it was great. That's that's better than most stuff I'd see in sci-fi movies. I, I, that's so much better than a 35% or, or a 60 So worth it. Yeah. And then you get a fight like that with Neo and Smith at the end. That's just nice. You see the city, the them flying above the city in that shot with the sun. Forget about it. So, there you go, everyone. We have now put a bow on the Matrix trilogy until the fourth one comes out. Yay! We did it, everyone. We have gone through... We performed a big think, and um, we performed a big think. I just don't. The one thing I'll take away is I just don't get why everything was green. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, With envy. <laughs> um, so I did some thinking, right? I was Uh-oh. like, okay. I was like, okay. How best to proceed after this? Okay. Hey guys, let's yes. spin the goodwill. Okay. We are spinning the goodwill. We're spinning the goodwill. Right. I have, it is. I made this decision on Friday. Okay. What okay. Made you... I gotta find a goodwill decision then. Yeah, I well, gotta the backlog and stuff, but what made you make the decision? Um I just like the thrill of spinning the wheel. I like the thrill. I like of... it too much. I like it too much. We'll at this least go through this it. once. We'll Get go through the second once and then series. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. What wait, what are we doing? We're going through the cycle once, so good, bad, curiosity, and then a new series. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, dun, 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 dun. I am too. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Let's get to that bet. Okay, what's the bet catalog? Ooh, ooh, I am ooh, looking at this backlog. There was ooh. one that I really wanted to see. Alex. Alex. Let him go back catalog first. I, okay. I, oh, whatever. Fine. The care. Aviator. <laughs> okay. Black Hawk Down. Okay. Social Network. Yeah. Bumblebee. Don't care. Shut up. Grand Budapest Hotel. That's yeah. okay. Titanic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, oh, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Okay. Pretending Yuma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I added that one. Schindler's List. Uh, <laughs> a League of oh. Their Own. Oh, yeah. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. okay. Hands Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Django Unchained and mm-hmm. The Holy Grail. You can stop moving so, every time I say a movie. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so Chris, I, I don't want to sound offensive, but I'm going to. Uh we have a very distinct lack of diversity on that list. Django Unchained! That is Schindler's List! But Schindler's List is not diverse. It's just a bunch of well, white people. Well, well, no, no, that's not true. I mean, it's a Jewish... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is a bunch of white people. <laughs> but it's... I mean, regardless. I, I what, what's You your are short? out of your mind. What are you saying? I'm going to suggest two very diverse movies. If they're not directed by women, don't even bother. One of them is directed by women. The other one is directed by one of your favorite directors, actually, Chris. Bring it. I dare you. Do it. Fruitvale Station. Okay. Oh, really? That one? Oh. And Crazy Rich Asian. So we're all bringing okay. So we're bringing two to the okay. Now, uh, Zach no, no, again. No, we didn't, we didn't say that yet. 
We didn't say that. He didn't he say, said we didn't two. say that. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I have two. He said they're diversity, so I, I would be racist to not do this. I have two. Well, I have two in my head right now, but I wasn't going to choose two to bring a table. We, are all, we usually each choose one. Yeah, I'm going to choose one of these two. That is brutal. I'm going to choose one of these two. Uh, it's going to be Fruitvale Station or Crazy Rich Asians. Why Fruitvale Station? The movie's great. It's brutal. Oh, it's so good, dude. Is, have you seen it? Yes. You've seen it, Chris? Yes. I have not. Yeah, but I have an idea of what it's about, so yeah. Yeah, I watched it on cable with my dad once. Uh, all right. So I usually say... I mean, Schindler's to... List is crushing, but... Oh, God. Uh, both, both are not... I mean, Schindler's List... Uh, why would you do that? Fruitvale uh, State's uh, Crazy Rich Asians. That's what I'm doing. Well, Quick okay, one! So yeah, you got to pick one. So, Alex, have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Did you like it? Yes. Okay. So, Chris, I guess here's the question. Do you want to watch Fruitvale Station or do you want to watch a rom-com? That, that, uh, that is exactly what Crazy Rich, Rich Asians, Asians Crazy Rich Asians I'm putting on there. Okay. Asian. Chris, so, do you have one? Crazy Rich uh, uh, Once again, I'm leaning towards Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. So I have... Because uh, I, I just bought it at the thrift store. I, I have two choices in my mind. One is timely. It's a lot like Fruitvale Station in certain ways. And that's Do the Right Thing. Have you ever yes. seen that? Alex, I love you. Can I change my like Fruitvale Station? I'm changing my Fruitvale Station. I hate you. <laughs> no, I mean... I would if he's already no. Well, here's the thing, Zach. If you're doing it, you're doing it for me and to make me watch it because Chris has already seen it. Or if you really genuinely want to talk about that movie, but if you want to watch, if you want to make Chris watch something he hasn't seen and something I've seen, that's Crazy Rich Asians. So you have to pick what. Who do you want to see a new movie? And I'm saying do the right thing because I just I think it's a great movie. I've been thinking about it. So so here's the thing, Alex. I feel like even if I show Chris Crazy Rich Asians, which is a great movie, by the way, he's not going to like it. Why? I think he'd love it. Freaking bet! Bet! Why How much do you want to like... put down? Let's right now. Right freaking now. How much do you want to put down? I mean, I'll tell you what. All right. All right. All right, Chris. All right. I dare you to put Crazy Rich Asians on there. Here's the deal. Okay, okay. Here's what the bet will be, all right? If we watch Crazy Rich Asians... I like the last two. No, 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 If we watch Crazy Rich Asians and you don't like it, I get to pick the bad movie next week. I supersede the wheel. Well, it's the, it's the week that we would do it. It's, it's not the choice we're doing. It's the choice that gets to replace uh, no, I, I straight up will pick the movie. <laughs> no, you don't. We won't know if he likes it until he watches it. We no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And if we do, and if he does like it, then we'll do everything as normal. But if he doesn't like it, I pick the movie. And you're saying first specifically off, it's going to be a bad movie? Specifically, it's going to be a bad movie. It's going to be first on, the, it's on the wheel. The if it helps, it is a movie that is on the wheel. <laughs> I am being objective. I'm being objective when I say this. 
In all sincerity, your logic is flawed. How do you know I will like it? Because I can easily fake it. Very true. Well, we would know. We would know. I mean, would you? Yes. yes. I mean, would you? Yes. yes. <laughs> what if I actually told you I hated Matrix Revolutions? I don't uh, believe I wouldn't believe you because I don't think you hated this. I think there are things you genuinely like about it. You don't I think if yeah, you roll like, Crazy Rich Asians and you don't like it, Chris, that's even if it lands on it. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I honestly, the no, next Chris, movie. and Alex knows what movie it would be too. Yeah, it's Last Airbender. Like I, 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 here's the thing: a, I don't think that's a bad bet. Oh, in that case, let's do Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Wait, 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 no, If this no, no, no. movie's gonna wanna... be The Last Airbender, then I'm gonna freaking no, make him do crazy rich okay. Here's the other thing I wanted to bring to the table. Have you ever heard of the movie called Three Kings? Three Kings? No. So there's a movie in 1999 called Three Kings. It stars Ice Cube, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, uh, Spike Jones a director of some amazing movies who also is a very funny comedian and George Clooney. And it's about three soldiers in Iraq who find out that uh, Saddam Hussein has a stash of gold and they try to steal it and in turn get stuck in a battle between uh, some terrorists and a village and they decide to just sort of become revolutionary leaders. It's a fantastic war movie and I think you would really enjoy it. So Three Kings? Yes. Okay, three kings then. Is that a numerical three or just the word three? The word three. Okay. It's a very good. Are you I doing that over do the right thing? Uh, I'm saying you have those are my two choices. Like I know Chris, do you know anything about do the right thing? Where have I? Uh, I feel like you've brought it up before, but no. Uh, okay. Default. So do, do the right thing is a. Um, I'm not going to talk about how it is uh, um, about today's stuff, bull stuff, but bullshit. But race is a part of it. It's a big theme about it. But the story is, it's a day in the life of a neighborhood in New York in 1989 on the hottest day in New York, and you follow a pizza guy just going around his neighborhood, and you meet all the characters and you see all the people, and you just start to see how the heat is getting to everybody, and then things escalate to a big sort of event that happens at the end of the movie. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, does everyone turn into Tang? No. No. Uh, but uh, anger, a- anger is a, you know, tensions are high by the end of the night, and things happen. Uh, it's very prescient of today. But um, Hardcore grinding? Um, no, we're talking real life. Percu- like percussion not- grinding? We're talking there's real life. Actually, what yes. is it with you guys and brutal movies? I don't understand why you guys are oh, all over the place. We're not trying to spoil Fruitville the Station, Do the Right Thing, hey, maybe I... Three Kings. Okay, so let me let me let me finish your thought here. Okay, so uh, I've never seen Fruitville Station, so I have no idea what's part of it. That's all, Zach. You've seen it, so you know it's a hard movie. I do know what it's about, so yeah, I'm pretty sure I have an idea of why you think it's like hard. Um, uh. uh, god damn it what was the one i was talking about do the right thing do the right thing is a classic movie it should be seen by everybody it um it's a fun summer movie most of the movie is not like sad and tragic and horrible and stuff like that it's just it's a hot day and people are pissed 
and it's kind of funny and like Martin Lawrence is in it. Samuel Jackson is in it. It's a Spike Lee movie. You're just going to see a Spike Lee movie. Now, do things get crazy bad at a certain point? Sure. Is it a movie that dwells on its tragedy? No, it's more sort of like a statement. It's making a point. And when you get to it, I honestly think it's the reference point that I make almost every time there's a police killing. And so, you know, right off the bat, police killings in there. It doesn't it isn't like Fruitvale Station where you're watching a guy live his life. And at the end of the day, he dies. It's more about how the neighborhood is affected by an event like that. How even though everyone is angry, how something like that tears people apart, but brings people together. What it does to a community. How does a community survive something like that on the hottest day in New York? It's one of the most important movies of all time is all. But. I know you love war movies. I know you love Mark Wahlberg. George Clooney is really funny, and you need to see Spike Jones as an actor. And Ice Cube, he's pretty awesome, too. Most people don't talk about Three Kings these days because David O. Russell's kind of a dickbag. But it was it's a great movie, and I think it's a war movie you don't know that you would actually enjoy. So those are the two choices I'm bouncing off of. Do the Right Thing is going to be prime to the table someday, but... I honestly think Three Kings is something that you would find interesting and be like, Alex, thank you very much for showing me this movie. This was amazing. I think it would speak to you. All right, well then pick one. Three Kings. And Three Kings is a funny adventure war movie. It's more like, it's more fun and then like, yeah, there's some trauma. Uh, not trauma, but I'd be like drama, more like it, the, the guys who are trying to steal gold run into a town that's getting like damaged by bandits, I guess you could say. It's like a Western. It's like a, a wartime Western. All right. <clears throat> so I've picked uh, Crushing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Which is a very interesting, beautiful movie. Let's fix my microphone. All right. So, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Three Kings, and Crazy Rich Asians, which there's a bet in there. All right, are we ready? Yeah, that's it. To replace the next good movie, Spin. Zach, I fucking hate you. I love me so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. Okay. Okay, if that's the case, then Chris, you have nothing to worry about. It's It's a fun movie. Zach, Zach's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's That's a very nice. It's a very nice. Like the bet is just superfluous. It's Alex. If you I would, fake it now. Here's what I'm gonna ask: Are we, you gonna fake it so that we get the last Airbender? That's the bigger question here. I mean, you just have to wait until we actually get to it. I just want to point out, Alex. The only reason I made that bet is because I knew Chris would like this movie that much, and if he really didn't like this movie. Then why would you benefit from it? Because I benefit because, from it no matter what. It's a good movie. Yeah, that's true. Either you no, like no, 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 no. You thought that I would like it so much so that if you didn't like it, that you got to pick the bad movie. Yeah. yeah. No, made a that's bet. not how that works. I made a that bet. Where not how that works. Lose. Yeah, it works. I protest made, this bet. I protest. He wins. He wins. It doesn't matter what his intentions were. He got what he wanted. That's the point. Either yeah. way, he made I the win- he. He saw his situation and he thought the chances of you not liking it are so bad that if he takes this bet, I win either way. Yeah! That's It's 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 a no-lose bet I made. I made a bet where I was never going to lose. I mean, I don't believe that that was his intention. I think he honestly believed that. No, Alex, that was legit my intention. I honestly, I I see what he's saying. His lie makes sense, but I think it's a lie. No, Alex. 
110% true. I 100% knew Chris was going to like it, but if he's going to make that much of a stink about a rom-com... I don't know. I agree that it makes all the sense in the world. That, that is what so stupid! I watched two of them and I liked them! I don't know. Uh, which one, which For one did this you watch? program! What was the which other one? rom-coms did you watch? Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim? No. If you count that, yeah. I guess that makes three, but the third one I was talking about was Eternal Sunshine. That is, a rom- rom- that's a rom- that is a breakup movie, but also a rom-com. There is rom-com in there, for sure. What was the other one? About Time. Oh, yeah. The best. That one's good. Oh. God. Crazy Rich Asians. Why would I throw a fit over a rom-com? Because this is like a real rom-com. This isn't like a movie that's like a different movie it's, with a rom-com. I'll be honest. I, like, I actually am impressed at how much Crazy Rich Asians follows the structure, like, in the beats properly that have been around since, like, the 1940s. It's a, yeah. it's solid, man. Chris, I really this is, like, this isn't, like, a, a rom-com hitting in a different movie. This is actually just a rom-com. There's yeah, but I don't think... Yeah, you're gonna like it. It's a good movie, also. It's a really good movie. I'm not saying I won't. Why are you trying to talk me into the building? No, 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 no. You, Chris. I'm just saying, get excited about it because I think you'll like it. He's just, you know, dumb. But I for bringing it up before. For bringing it up before, man. Like you, I honestly, truly believe you thought he wouldn't like it when you said that, and you may have changed my sense then. But I don't believe it. That's fine. But like, uh, I, I'm just hyping the movie because it won. Like. It's interesting. It's a fun little. It's. I really am impressed by the simplicity of it to allow for the culture to take over a lot of what the visuals and and atmosphere and heritage is of that film. Uh, it ends on like a mahjong game, and I personally know mahjong because my parents played it all the time. But that's not necessarily something everyone would know. And little things like that are just really wonderful to me. Like, it's a great little movie. Alex, I one hundred did not one hundred percent did not make that bet with a malicious intent. I one hundred percent. Really want no, Chris to enjoy this movie? Car- that, no, that's no. not how. That's not how you've been on this show in the past. That's There's so no reason okay. to believe what you are saying right now. It doesn't matter. We're not. We're gonna watch Last Player Bender eventually. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. But I, if anything, the malicious intent was more towards Chris, Alex than it was towards you, Chris. I just want to play this out. I don't believe <laughs> you. I don't interest. believe you at all. No, Alex I, knows that it was hundred percent directed at him. More I, than I, I Tom fool all the time. I'm a big old right. cockbag. Um. No. So on the Goodwill proper. Yeah. This is Looper. actually a good Goodwill. I'm really excited. Looper. Not gonna lie. Looper. Clueless. <laughs> Road to Perdition. Oh, yeah. Fifth Element. Okay. Goodwill Hunting. Heat. Right. Troll Hunter. Summer oh. Wars. Labyrinth. Gangs of New York. Minority oh. Report. Night of the Hunter. The Rock. Oh. The Nice oh. Guys. Yeah. Oh, brother, where art thou? I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want, like, all these movies because they're all super good. <laughs> I'm defying my usual don't talk, and I really just, I really want Oh Brother. Oh Brother would be the greatest thing in the world. Well, guess what? It's not landing oh, on now. Don't be so pessimistic. I'm being positive today. All right, everybody. Since there is no spoon, we're just going to have to settle with the good wheel, so. <laughs> so, uh, three, two, one, spin. Alex, oh, Alex, oh, so close. The next you. movie that we will be reviewing on the Meister Movie Podcast from the Goodwill, ladies and gentlemen, it's Night of the Hunter. Oh my God! 
Oh my god, Chris. Chris. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. So Night of the Hunter is gone. Now we put in uh, Crazy Rich Asian. I I I am I'm so excited about that, dude. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about this. Did I mention how excited I am? Uh, wow. Okay. Um, this is so interesting. In do the right thing. In the do in do the right thing. In the middle of it, there is a speech that is taken word for word from Night of the Hunter and put in that movie. So, I so guess which I one is it? Regardless. I'm sorry. So which year is it? It's giving me multiple years. Right or 1953. Can't say right off the top of my head. There's one from 1955. There's one from 1991. No, 1955. Then it's um, it should be Robert Mitchum. It's black and white. You said Robert? Oh, Robert Mitchum, the actor. So Charles Lapton. Lawton. Yeah. So Alex, I've actually never seen Night of the Hunter. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a treat. So, Alex, as I'm sure you know, I've seen a lot of old movies, but this is actually one I have not seen. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited! <laughs> I'm so excited, guys. Yeah. This has a very interesting story to it, very interesting history. Chris, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think Zach, you're going to enjoy all the gothic, black and white terror and death and murder. Well, well think- you well you know I'm I'm a big fan of. Of the gothic stuff and especially the old I did not know this was a noir. Now here's the thing, Chris. I think last noir didn't go so well. Now, Chris, I think you're going to enjoy how beautifully this movie uses um the Bible and how it basically shows how people use um God to for malicious ways and how people use the Bible to absolutely save people. And get through this world. Um, I think you're going to love it for that for that reason very much. There is a very specific, beautiful character in this movie that is just wonderful. That you're just. I think you're going to really love her. Um, it, it. I don't want to say a lot about who made it or what happened or anything like that. If you want to do the research, sure. It's a great story behind it. Um, this was one of the, my favorite finds of all time. I saw this and I was just blown away by it. And I, I can't believe more people didn't know about this movie, that it wasn't shown more. And since then, it's grown more in love and everything. But uh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. This is like one of the, like, if I wanted Oh Brother number one, and I still do, I think, Chris, you're going to love that one a lot. I think you're going to laugh your butt off. And it's a great summer movie, so I hope we hit it soon before this, like, the heat goes away. But this would be like my second or third pick, maybe my second pick. For sure. Night of the Hunter. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. Alright, okay. I'm back. But I missed. There you go, everyone. We're going back to Noir after the last one didn't go so well. Man, was last I, Noir God, we I don't screw this one up. Um, what was the last Noir we watched? Uh, Bounty's mm-hmm. Falcon. Oh. So, so Chris, let me ask you again. I know you can go. We could go. Anyone should just go back and listen to the app. But why did you not like that movie? I uh, frenetic pace and like 
It wasn't like, and it was really easy to get lost because of it. Not Uh, even, not like pace, but like speed. Like it's just a, like a, they're going like 50 miles a second. I was like, I I, I got lost easily because they were just moving so fast because everyone was on speed. This is what I would say. Again, like I said in the episode after you gave it a D plus, watch it next time with captions on and don't ever give it a D plus again in public. And uh, the second thing I would say is this does not have the same script and phonetic pace as that movie. This is a film noir in the sense that the imagery takes a lot from it, uh, that the story takes a lot of beats from it, that it's about the American dream dying and stuff like that. But mostly the imagery, gothic imagery, shadows and lights. And God, beautiful imagery. God, it's so good. Um, but no, the script is not at the same pace. You will be able to uh, latch onto this very easily. The story is very simple. It's, um, yeah, don't worry about the speed. There's no, no, this has a very nice pace to it. That's good to know. So anyway, everyone, there you he, go. He's Falcon again. I'm kidding. But it's great black and white photography. This is one of those great black and white films that you can teach an entire class on lighting about. Mm-hmm. So there you go, everybody. Uh, we are, will be watching Night of the Hunter, and then after that, we'll spin the bad wheel, and we will all die. Um, yes. We may get we may get um, uh, uh, Airbender anyway. It's true. But the, again, Zach. The more you want it, the less likely it'll be that it will get it. I know. I guess I shouldn't have said anything. Gotta about it. keep but your I got mouth Night of the shut. Hunter. I got Night of the Hunter. You got Night so of the I, Hunter. How is it not? I think you gotta. I think we might have to rent it unless you have on. Demand. Yeah, we'll have to rent it. Um. So there you go, everyone. Um. So Night of the Hunter is next time. Uh. We will see you all then. Say goodbye, guys. Bye bye. Bye 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 Neo. So now, before the movie even comes out, hashtag release the Lily Wachowski cut. (laughs) Yes.